Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard. This summer, we'll be traveling at an altitude of approximately two feet in a brand new Nissan. We invite you to enjoy the available panoramic views, premium seats in all rows, and connected tech, while avoiding baggage fees, layovers, and neck pillows. So fasten your seatbelts and enjoy non-stop routes to summer, because the best way to travel this season is in a new Nissan. And now is the best time to buy at the Nissan 4th of July sales event. Save up to $3,500 on the 2020 Nissan Rogue or get 0% APR financing on 13 models. Nissan, innovation that excites. For well-qualified buyers, $3,500 on 2020 Rogue consists of $3,000 cash back and $500 bonus cash. Available on purchase. Must purchase from new dealer stock. See dealer for financing details. Call 1-888-858-8319 for offer and safety information details. Offers in 76-2020. Gary Hoffman. Yeah. baby. Shannon Barron. And I'm not going to brag about how much ass I kicked, but let's just say I kicked every single ass. Gary and Shannon. I'm picking up great vibrations. She's giving me the excitations. I'm picking up great vibrations. She's my mind. bring the beach to you yeah all day long baby just imagine that we're tossing a gavin approved american mini football oh, to toss, each other toss ball that's safe careful wait this is it no you're supposed to disinfect it oh right everybody oh. and stop licking the football please listen we're all coping in different ways Ah, uh, hey, I don't to know this. about you, but I spent a good hour and 45 minutes doing my soft martial arts this morning. Thanks to the new list of things that I can do outside. Thank you, Governor. Uh, soft martial arts oh. as opposed to hard martial arts. Yo, watch your mouth. This is California, for God's sake. I miss Jim Webb. We need more Jim Webb around here. I guess we wasn't do. that Jim Webb. Yes, the guy who said I kick every single ass. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Yes, I mean that was that actually was SNL. That was uh, yeah. You, I remember who played him? No, Alec Baldwin played him. Oh, that's right. Uh, he's the one who played him in the in the. I'm not going to brag about how much ass I kicked, but let's just say I kicked every <laughs> single ass. I need more of him in my life and less <laughs> soft martial arts. Soft martial. Arts. Um, can I just tell you something that bothers me? Well, we have four hours. No, I was so. going to say, <laughs> I you need to it. carve out some time? or <laughs> Listen to this. It mm-hmm. just crossed the wire here mm-hmm. on the AP. Mm-hmm. At 11 a.m., members of RefuseFascism.org will hold a rally in opposition to the Reopen America protests being held. So the people that are mad at the people that are out there protesting to Reopen America are going to rally together to protest the protests. That's how dumbass we are. 
Like the people that are mad at the people gathering are going to gather and protest the gatherings. And I wonder who's more mad. Wait a minute. It doesn't say anywhere on this list of acceptable outdoor activities. There, it does not say protestation. They said they're going to protest the callous disregard for public safety and human life. By How, gathering by together. Having, by having what they call a rally. How does that make any GD sense? FFS. Now, you know what else? What? <laughs> you know who listens to the show? Uh, there are some people do, but I don't know who specifically. All right. of Modoc County listens what? to the show. Remember yesterday when you said, go to Modoc County. Right. Do you think they're going to be following the governor's oh, orders? Oh, yeah, because, yeah. They're not. They are the first county in the state that are letting non-essential businesses reopen. Diners are being allowed in restaurants in Modoc County. I I mistook uh, I, I said Doris as as the example of a place you could drive through and probably still get a, a lunch at a sit down restaurant. Yeah, Doris is technically in Siskiyou County. Just for all of you California geography nerds out there, Siskiyou is strong. Siskiyou is just to the west of Modoc. Modoc is so far up into the corner of of California, next to um, to Nevada and Oregon. That the population of Modoc County today nine thousand is almost exactly the same population it was in nineteen thirty. Yes, they were listening to the show when you said to them, "I bet this doesn't work in Modoc County." Well, then, good morning, Alturas. <laughs> Toss me that this mini pig American mini football, safely. Football. Yeah, do it safely. Touchdown. Yes. Ooh. You can't spike it. It just says you can throw it. Uh, I got, I got, after I did my soft martial arts this morning and felt not exercised at all, mm-hmm. I did some singles volleyball, played some singles volleyball. How does volleyball. that work? How does one play singles volleyball? You just, well, it didn't last long. I'll tell you that. Yourself? No, I served it. To what? To nothing. Yeah, because I was playing singles. Yeah, singles volleyball is not a thing. So that's, um, so that happened. Uh, oh, and then I meditated. You did not meditate. Sure, I did. No, you did not. I did. Sat out there on the back porch and I meditated. Now, the only thing that I I missed about what the governor suggested yesterday in terms of these outdoor activities, he didn't tell me what to meditate on. Well, an easy way to start with meditation is just try to think of nothing. Mm-hmm. And all I could think of was Gavin Newsom's hair. The entire, I'd close my eyes and I would say, and I would breathe, you know, in for four, a four count, out for a four count, in for a four count, out for a four count. And all I could think of is that paste in his hair. You know what we should do on Monday? Or is that moose in his hair? We should have a Chuck Connors Monday. We'll call it Rifleman Mondays. Just to, just to bring some. Some uh, testosterone back. I'll bet you, I'll bet you. Chuck Connors never in his life threw an American mini football anywhere. Absolutely not. He played professional basketball, didn't right. he? Yeah. And baseball? Or am I making uh, that up? I don't know. I don't remember. I'll, if it was I'll go down the Chuck too. Connors hole again. But after I finished my volleyball singles, which only took a couple of seconds, I got into I got to trampolining. <laughs> I, I trampolined. <laughs> because my wife bought one of those little round, you know, nineteen eighty four mini sure. trampoline things. Yeah. Again, didn't last very long. Um, 
because there's not a lot of um, it's not a lot of variation, and it's not quite as as bouncy as it needs to be for me to do my full somersault routine. Uh, but I tried. Chuck Connors played for the Celtics. He also went to spring training for the Brooklyn Dodgers, That's but right. did not make the squad. He played minor league. That's not bad. That's not bad to to go to spring training and still not make the team. That's still better he, than ninety nine. Well, he of played us. for the Cubs in in fifty one. In Chicago, played or in, played? playing in sixty six games as a first oh. baseman and occasional pinch hitter. Good lord, that is somebody who does not trampoline in the morning. I mean, he's dead, but you know what I mean. So the governor pulled back from the entire state shutdown, but a senior aide later confirmed, yeah, he did consider the option among the different proposals this week intended to contain COVID-19. When asked about the statewide closure that had been reported as imminent, the governor said Wednesday that he was planning to close all state parks and beaches. Remember, that was the uh, memo from the California Police Chiefs Association. He distanced that and he said bottom line was that was their memo. That memo never got to me. And as it relates to the issue that I'm grappling with, we've been consistent. We've been clear. We've been transparent. We've been talking about this every day, many days in a row. Once again, I point you to our Twitter account at Gary and Shannon. And what I posted on there yesterday is still prevalent or still relevant today is the word. It's a picture from the Newport Beach Police Department helicopter from above Newport Beach on Saturday. The Orange County Register published a photo on Saturday that went national from the pier looking north using a telephoto lens. I'm not saying that's a bad thing to do, but it can cause a distorted view of the actual physical distancing between people. It compacts the space. It makes people look like they're on top of each other when they are indeed separated by a great amount of space. And how in the world can you, on the one hand, continue to tout phone numbers, websites, um, telehealth therapy things for people, but then not say to them, hey, go outside. Get out get out of the house. Go exercise. Go do something. Not just throw an American mini football around. Don't just meditate outside. Don't just do yoga. Don't just watch the sunset. Actually go out and do some physical activity. It does amazing things for your mental and physical well-being. Well, isn't that what they're saying? Go outside and do yoga? Yeah, go outside and scootering. I got to say, I went for a... A run sounds a little dramatic. Uh, probably a jog is more accurate. Uh, <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, wait. Hold on a second. Okay. It's on the list. And just getting that fresh air, because I'd been working out in my garage pretty much. And that's fine, you know, but going outside, jogging around the neighborhood, just seeing, you know, trees, right. flowers, all of that. It, is a big it did difference. a lot for my attitude. And listen, there's a there's an innate, I don't know why, there's a human connection with water. There's a human connection with the beach. There's a human connection that when people come from uh, from Omaha, they want to see the water. There's always been that draw. And now you're telling people that in a place where that is part and a parcel of being in California, you can't do it because I saw a picture that made it look like you weren't following the rules. 
the problem that I that I think comes out of this is people get so uh, people were willing six weeks ago to give you the power to say this is a scary thing. We should be afraid of it. And we need to try to do everything we can to prevent this thing from spreading. Got it. Everybody fell in line. And then you do some ticky-tack, boneheaded, weirdly uh, weirdly specific ruling that it's beaches in Orange County. It's, then you're going to – whatever goodwill you had, whatever compassionate thoughts people had towards you as the governor and whatever leadership style you had, that's gone now. There should have been – a weekend this weekend where he came out yesterday or today and said, listen, I saw some pictures last weekend in Orange County because he was also very vague about it. Right. Yeah. You know, I saw some pictures from Laguna Beach uh, in Orange County and other beaches where it looks like you guys are not following the social distancing guidelines. If I see that stuff again, if that happens again, or if you don't adhere to the rules, then I'm going to close the beaches, which is- uh, that's one thing. Which is also totally paternalistic, is, and, and, but, but it at least gives you the personal responsibility right. to do what is right. Right. Instead of saying, I don't believe that you are adult enough to have the personal responsibility to obey the rules. You know, it's basically saying you don't know how to take care of yourself. So I'm the dad and I'm going to tell you that you're grounded completely. Um, several protests are planned for Orange County today, by the by. Uh, there's a big one that's set to happen at noon in Huntington Beach, the first city in the county that's suing Gavin Newsom over this order. Yesterday, a plane flying over the area carried a banner that read, Recall Gruesome Newsom." <laughs> <laughs> uh Senior staff conceded that the statewide beach and park closures were among the options that had been discussed, um, but... The aide that talked with uh, Politico said that Newsom has always leaned toward allowing local control and pushing for public cooperation and efforts to protect the public health, but that the governor decided Thursday morning to confine the shutdown to Orange County, where the major problems occurred. Of course, L.A. County has kept the beach closures in place, which is part of the problem. If you're going to say there's one beach in all of the state or two beaches in all of the state of California that are open, where do you think people are going to go? Yeah, that's morons. See, that's the problem. It's like it's it's unfairly going after Orange County. And in the same breath, it's putting people at risk because you're going to have more density in places like Ventura County, L.A. County. Yeah, San Diego County. Yeah, and this is, again, I I know that I can hear the pushback. I can hear you type it on your computer before you even send the email that says, okay, well, then your grandma's the one who's going to die. That's, no, no. Part of what I'm saying is that everyone needs to have personal responsibility in this. If you live with someone or are regularly in contact with someone who is at risk, whether they have underlying health conditions, they're morbidly obese, they have diabetes, they have heart problems, they have cancer. I have all of these things within my own family. I could still go to the beach and protect my family from me and the potential that I somehow picked up COVID-19 at the beach. The other thing is, show me any study that relates to an outbreak of COVID-19 in an outdoor environment. Anything. 
Anything. I'll I'll sit. I will read it. I will gladly be correct. I don't think on that. that we're gonna have. Uh, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I don't think that we're gonna have studies like that for quite some time. I think that this is so. These these are such uncharted waters, and we are so unclear of what this thing is and how it's gonna spread and and its behavior and its mutation and all of that until for for a few years. You know, we just don't know. And I think that's part of all of the response, too. I, I think a lot of these people, whether it's Dr. Barbara Ferrer or Gavin Newsom or, or Eric Garcetti or, or whoever's calling the shots, they don't know better than you or I just because they are elected or they are appointed or they are even if they're doctors. You know, we just don't know. And I think that's why we're getting so many vague guidelines and and goals to hit because they don't know any better than anybody else. Right, but there are some things because that we've are... never been here before. We've never done this. We've never had this. It's never hit before. There are things that are super specific that don't make sense. They don't follow that line. I mean, the six foot thing. Where'd that come from? Right, it came from nowhere because we've ne- we don't have a playbook. This has never happened before. All of their vague rules and guidelines they've come up with out of thin air because we've mm-hmm. never done it. Listen, one of the things that we've uh, we've tried to do is highlight uh, small businesses and local places that have been struggling to get through all of this. And uh, one of the friends of KFI for more than a decade now is Bruno Serrato, owner, operator of the White House restaurant down in Anaheim. And one of the reasons that we've been friends with Bruno for so long is because of Katarina's Club, his uh, charity that helps feeds Basically, motel kids in and around started in Orange County, of course, but has expanded to different cities literally around the world. Now, Bruno um, uh, is joining us to talk more about this because Katarina's Club still up and running. But what's going on with the restaurant, Bruno? Hey, hello, everybody. Buongiorno, K5. Well, the restaurant has been closed. Uh, as you know, they shut us down. We still don't know when we can reopen. And um, we'll see. The restaurant is completely closed. And uh, they don't want to do food to go yet because, uh, you know, the first five, six weeks I was concerned because I'm cooking pasta for the children. And I was really concerned about the safety. And uh, two months ago, we have no idea this coronavirus, what he was doing, how you catch it, blah, 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 right? I mean, I decided to close completely, just dedicated the crew to the children, and that's what we did. But I'm going to starting next weekend when it's Mother's Day, better day to start in honor of my mom, too. I'm going to do food to go on the weekend, starting Mother's Day's weekend, and see how that happens. But uh, we do pasta for the children in the morning. We cook in uh, all day long. And uh, the food for the customer, they are not capable to come inside. They will have to be waiting at the valet parking for me to give them the bag. Because uh, obviously I needed to do some sales for the restaurant too to keep going and surviving. But uh, up to date, uh, completely closed. And I'm working on, uh, I remove half of the table. I'm working on a, a menu to give away, to put on the trash after. I work on some plastic glasses to do divider the table from one table to another one. It's a lot of things going on right now. Just try to get ready for when we get the okay to reopen, basically. How's it going uh, with the with the kids that you're feeding? Well, that is uh, it's crazy. I mean, uh, just to give a number, uh, before the coronavirus, we used to do an average of thousand to twelve hundred pounds of pasta a week. 
And right now, we are on an average of five to 7,000 pounds a week. That means it's five, six times more than before. It got overwhelming. And on Friday, which is today, in fact, I'm on my way there, I do a drive-through on a parking lot. Last Friday, I had a 275 car lined up to come to my parking lot because we give them cooked pasta, uncooked pasta, I got somebody give me flour to bake it, you know, then I get a two-pounder for each of them. I have a company, it's called Line Asia, they give us uh, some uh, crab meat then uh, for a big order that they was canceled. They call me up, say, Bruno, can you use it? I say, yes, I use any kind of food that people can donate beside my pasta. And we also got panini, cobbler, then they give us a bunch of sandwich for them too. And uh, it's heartbreak. It's not, I mean, it's good feeling for able to give it to them, but when you talk to kids, you know, a teenager the other day still told me, I said, I hope you like pasta, you love crab, I have a lot of food for you. He looked at me and he said, this day of age, any food is good, sir. And it's almost to tell him, you know, I don't care what you give me, just give me some food. Another woman was driving with four children on the back. And uh, I say, well, I hope I you enjoy it. I make sure to take care of your kids. I see you have a lot of pasta. And if I had double the pasta for her, so obviously when you see kids in the car, you outbreak and she say, Bruno, I say, thank you because I know I can survive two more days because of your food. I mean, you hear a story like that. It's really overwhelming. And uh, now we get all the club. Uh, people call us and say, Bruno, please, can you give us pasta? Bruno, can you give us pasta? Yes, I deliver it to a location, 460 plates of pasta in just one location only. And uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. I never thought, and uh, just to give an example again as a number, last year we served 1 million meal, right, in uh, 12 months. The last five weeks we served close to half a million. Wow. I mean, that, that just gives an idea. Half a million in five weeks, and last year I did 1 million in one year. And uh, who knows when will it stop? And uh, I'm afraid because uh, it, it, the first week I had 150 cars, the second week 200, last Friday 270. Today we counted the car in again, and it could be 300, 350. And it's getting worse. Every week it's getting worse. And uh, honestly, I have to say thanks to Pastaton, you know, I mean, all the listeners, okay, fine. I mean, We've been doing pasta ton for so many years, you know, to feed the kids, motel kids, section eight, under poverty kids. But pasta ton has done a miracle for us right now, the last five weeks. Because without pasta ton, no way I could not give away so much pasta to poor people in need. And uh, I mean, we always have the best event when we do that in December. The last few years we did at the Christ Cathedral. But I want to know that all those people that donated pasta last year in the last 10 years, you should be proud. I'm thanking you, all single listeners, give us pasta on pasta tone. Because that is the only reason I can do what I do, because you came delivering pasta. And uh, thanks to K5, obviously, they put this huge event for Katerina's club, but uh, people drop the pasta. Is, uh, they should be proud that it helped us to feed children and family now all over Orange County 
LA County, we have one location in San Bernardino County, one in uh, San Diego County. I mean, it's all over. And uh, without, uh, without the pastaton, said, no way I couldn't have done that. No, in, in fact, I'm already concerned because uh, along how uh, much past I have, we do inventory every week. And uh, I'm okay till July, probably, if I keep doing what I do, maybe I can stretch till August. But uh, I'm already called Barilla. You know, Barilla is the number one pasta company in the world. And I say, I told them what we've been doing. They know pasta tone very well. Yes, uh, last year they helped us too. And they say, okay, Bruno, when you're running out, give us a call. We'll be there for you because we know what you do. I That's mean, uh, great. Yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, because people say, Bruno, can you sell pasta? I say, I'm sorry, guys, I cannot sell it. I'm just, that's my mission. You know, it's a cooking pasta for children. And today is more than children because family need to pick them up because some boys' girls' clubs are closed, which that is kind of upsetting me. I have to mention that because some boys' girls' clubs close the door and uh, we were unable to deliver the pasta. I say, oh, my God, that's the time we needed the most. Yeah. Why are you closing your club? Then got some club open and a uh, I know it's a safety issue, but some of the clubs say, Bruno, why don't you get your driver, put a glove, mask, which we do, deliver the pasta, leave it outside of the door. That's what we do. That means we don't uh, have any contact. And now, instead of to put them on a big container, what we do, we put pasta on a single plate that they can hand give to each family, which kids separately. I mean, I'm proud of all the club and location. They keep the door open. And uh, I have to be honest, upset for the one who closed because you don't back off when you need it the most. It's like me. I mean, I always have my driver go left and right. But the last five weeks, I'm every day in the kitchen. And uh, when we do the drive-through, I'm on the front line with my crew. Proud of them, too. You know, we're there. We protect ourselves. But you need to jump when we need it the most. In the last yeah. five weeks, uh, it was the most demanding ever. Well, let's do this, Bruno. Uh, people can donate to Katarina's Club today, tomorrow, through July, whenever they want to. Katarina's Club with a C, katarinasclub.org is where you can do it. Right up there, top of the webpage is a Donate Now button. People could get you some of the resources that you're going to need to make sure that you get through this. Bruno, Bruno good talking you. to you. Appreciate Thank it. You. Bruno, Bruno Serrato there, again, owner and... Uh, Operator, head chef there at White House Restaurant in Anaheim. Again, check for their uh, check their social media for Mother's Day stuff. That's when he said they're going to try to get some of that uh, food to go orders. All right, uh, Huntington Beach is going to challenge the governor's order. We'll talk about it when we come back. get it this is the volleyball scene and they're on the beach and everyone's shirts off <laughs> yeah would would top gun have been the same movie if it was just singles volleyball <laughs> uh stocks have been falling this morning amazon and some other big companies laid out how this pandemic has been hitting their bottom lines uh s&p 500 was down about 1.8 percent earlier today now amazon is saying that their profits are falling because of the cost of delivery even though they've seen a huge increase in revenue, their delivery costs have gone up. Uh, American, Delta, 
United, Alaska, all say that they will soon require passengers to cover their faces during their flights, some of them starting uh, next week, following the lead of JetBlue Airways. Most flights, catch this, most flights have been almost empty because air travel is down 95% compared to a year ago. The average passenger load on an, a domestic flight, the average passenger load, 17 people. Seventeen. Uh, Gavin Newsom made the big headlines, of course, yesterday when he became uh, the governor that shut down beaches, but not all the beaches, just those beaches in Orange County, because he was uh, they were making him mad. Corbin Carson is joining us to talk more about this. And Corbin looks like Huntington Beach is the first city to fight back against this. Yeah, local and county leaders have been trying to scramble together a response to this order. We've heard the county has said, Orange County has said it will comply, but it's looking at legal options. Newport Beach says the same. Sheriff Don Barnes says he's not going to enforce it, but the sheriff only patrols about 16% of the beaches. So it's up to the city cops to enforce an order they really don't agree with. And as you said, Huntington Beach is the first to step out. Dana Point has also, but both of those cities have voted to try to challenge the governor's order. They're asking for a TRO today, a temporary restraining order, and an eventually an injunction against the order to block the state from closing their beaches. Both are expected to be in court here in the next few hours, but we're still waiting to see how that's going to play out. They're working with the courts to see, obviously, with all these COVID-19 restrictions, how media is going to cover it, if it's actually going to happen today, that sort of thing. But again, yes, a, a lot of people trying to figure out how to respond to the governor's order and the city attorney what was his uh what was his breakdown of their case against the governor well city attorney or huntington beach city attorney michael gates he says the law is unconstitutional he says they're a charter city this is the same argument you might remember that they made uh, when they took on the state for the sanctuary law and they won some of those and it went back and forth with the appeals and so forth so they have an argument here that you know these sanctuary cities operate under different rules um they i asked him about the greater good argument um like i've seen that in other cases the uh, specifically the laguna hills hotel that that uh, was challenged for to be a homeless hotel. And the governor in that case, all those, although those cases are different, he eventually said, hey, look, this serves the greater good. We have to do something about the coronavirus, and that's why that's going forward. So I'm, I'm wondering if that's going to be what's happening here. I asked him about that, and he said, look, presidents can use this sort of thing. Governors, leaders could use this to abuse their power in any situation. Where would it end? Where would it stop the governor from being some sort of czar. And he said, essentially, if you want to take a listen, essentially, this is where the courts are. This is what the courts are there for. There has to be a balance. And that's why we have the courts to take a look at the competing interests and weigh the balance and make a determination. And we believe that in this case, under these circumstances, where Huntington Beach does not have a significant rise in the number of coronavirus cases and where the county of Orange does not have a significant spike or rise in the number of coronavirus cases, in fact, we're lower than most other counties per capita, that there is no basis. He cannot use the pandemic 
to be trying to tell the city what it can and cannot do. He's calling it unconstitutional. He's saying it's government overreach. You've heard that from a couple of other lo- uh, leaders down here. And then, th- again, that's for, for the courts to decide. But what's interesting is in about an hour, we're gonna have a, I'm going to be at a protest down there, the March to Open California. And I just talked to the city about how they're praying, uh, pl- uh, planning for that. They've got 130 police officers down in Huntington Beach near the pier, at the pier, where this protest is supposed to happen. They've closed down a bunch of lane closures. And really interestingly, this is the, the, one of the, the most interesting parts that I just found out like minutes before I came on the air with you guys is that there were 10 CHP officers that showed up as well. So now I'm getting calls from sources down there like, what is the state doing sending CHP officers down to Huntington Beach? So I'm still wow. trying to ferret what out, out what that means. Stay, Corbin, stay upwind. Great reporting. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Thanks. Uh, Listen, this is a very California fight that we're going. We're talking about beaches. I I was realizing this as as Corbin's talking about this. We're talking about the constitutional issues of what the governor can do and not do in a situation like this where we have a health emergency order in place. Yeah. And we're arguing about beaches. It kind of makes us look uh, uh, very um, uh, Chuck Connors-esque. It does. But at the same time, this is the kind of thing I would rather them fight about, constitu- you know, have the constitutional discussion over rather than you can't leave your home. Again, I'm not worried about, you know, you or I. I know you have a, a backyard. I have a backyard. We can go sit out, get that sunshine. I'm not worried about people like us. I'm worried about people that are stuck in their tiny apartment with all their kids and no outdoor space. You know, that's who I want to be able to go to the beach and 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 to have the personal responsibility to self-distance and all of that. Uh, I do have an update on the list of physical activities that the governor is allowing us to do. I have an update. I'll tell you about that when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. The president tweeting about the Michigan governor, Gretchen Whitmer, that she should give a little and put out the fire, as he put it. This is after hundreds of conservative demonstrators protested at the state capitol against the stay-at-home restrictions that she has imposed to fight the coronavirus. She responded uh, in a tweet with a video of Michelle Obama stating, Our motto is, when they go low, we go high. We're just going to have people going uh, back and forth Uh, on this. Mitch McConnell apparently called Rob Manfred, the head of uh, the the commissioner of Major League Baseball, and said, Give me my baseball back. Commissioner, America (laughs) needs baseball. So uh, that doesn't mean anything. I don't know what the Senate majority leader is going to do. In terms of getting baseball back up and running, I got an email from Joel. He says, I don't normally react to the stupid things that politicians do, but this beach thing is ticking me off. I'm a runner, a lone, well-distanced runner, and I am ticked off. So here's my question. Is flipping the governor the bird on that approved list of activities? That's good. Here's a funny thing. Yesterday, the governor made this big deal about how the state has come up with a list of things. If you're so slow in the noggin that you can't figure out something to do once you go outside – whether it's in your yard or your cul-de-sac or down the street or something like that, as long as you're socially distanced enough from people and you're wearing appropriate face covering. They put out a list of things that you could do that included such uh, specifics as athletics, which sounds like something you'd see in a 1906 
catalog of activities in the new neighborhood that they built out in beautiful, bustling Pomona. I think of those, what were those called? Peachy folders? Yes. That's yeah. what I think of yeah. when I think of athletics. Uh, singles badminton, singles canoeing, crabbing, exploring rock I just, pools. I have a quick question. Yes, Is you. it crabbing done at the beach? Not usually. Crabs usually at a rock. I don't, I've never done I've never crabbed. I don't know how one crabs. Usually it's a more rocky, craggy. It, how did crabbing make it in the top 10 of things to Only do? Only because it's uh, alphabetical. Oh, okay. That's why. Uh, gardening, kite surfing, meditation. Kite surfing. Kite surfing. Um, don't you have to go to the beach? Yes, you do. do yes, Amy you do, King. Amy. You're, you're finding the flaws in this. Mm-hmm. Here's the other thing. Yesterday, when I saw this list, and I, I forwarded it to Nick, so I do have proof. The the listing right behind singles table tennis, which sounds ridiculous, <laughs> we is, have that set up in the uh, in the sales area. Oh, I guess if you hold fold the table in half, exactly, play by yourself, right. play with yourself. That's not on here. Uh, throwing an American mini football was on the list of approved activities, and I'm not making that up. That was the term. Throwing an American mini football, not in groups. What about a full size football? No, Amy, not that's allowed. not on the list. Okay. However, right. this morning, these nimrods wearing toms up in Sacramento who put the list together apparently were listening to the show and realized that they sounded like idiots when they put in throwing an American mini football, not in groups. Yeah, like why can't we have a regulation size football? Why is that uh why is that not on the list? So or t- why is that a bad thing? So they took it out. Throwing a football is now just throwing a football. And Kicking a soccer ball, again, not in groups. So who do I kick my soccer ball to? Do I just stand at one end of the park and kick it? Do you know you have to have a shellfish license to go crabbing? You also should have a crab measuring device, pots or rings, a cooler, bait holders, and bait. I know you have a, I've, I've, the, pot, uh, the crab measuring devices just look like a piece of metal that's like a, a shallow you. This is like some the Forrest shells. Gump stuff. I can't believe you've never gone crabbing. Well, I'm not from Oregon. But oh, you're but from you're, Northern California. Northern California. That's, there's plenty of crabs. No one never took me crabbing. I didn't come from a crabbing family. I'll you mean you you've crabbing. never no, had I, I, crabs? I went, I went to Candlestick. There's a lot of people that crab right off a of Candlestick point. I never. I, I'm not a crabber, guys. I'm sorry. It's not that I'm exciting, sorry I that I disappointed you, you both. So Amy and I have both had crabs, and you haven't. Wait a second. Is that, I'm misreading that. <laughs> Just when a we little come bit. Back, Steve Gregory's got some local updates, including the a fight between the city of L.A. and the county of L.A. over testing. And guess who's waiting his test results? Oh, that's right. Speaking of crabs. He should, he should have those results. Hey, do not throw the football in the I am the throwing an American mini football in the hallway. It's an approved activity, so you can suck it. Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. This is so exciting. I'm so excited for this. I I love Maury Povich. I mean, I know he's kind of like a one-trick pony. He does one show. 
are you or are you not the father? And and I love it. Who doesn't like a little drama? And today we get to play the Maury Povich show. Yeah. What is it? Are you or are you not positive? Well, yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Steve Gregory took a, a coronavirus test at uh, Dodger Stadium a couple days ago. And are you we, nervous at all? We just got his you results. Don't seem nervous at all. Well, uh, here's the thing. If I'm if I end up being positive because I printed the results because I had to go through and put a bunch of stuff in there about my personal life and everything, and then they I printed it out. I turned it upside down and folded it and gave it to Shannon. So, so I've got it in this. But middle if of- I end up, if I end up being positive, I'm just gonna laugh because I'm taking you all down with me. Right. We're and all then- together in a room separated <laughs> by three feet. <laughs> no, we're. This is officially. I think if I move the microphone over this way, I think we're but all officially. I did, I did not. I did not sanction this to be you live consent on it? visual. That's too well, bad. Well, my, my question is, what if there are other results on there? Like uh, I Like Shannon, Shannon's got to go down an entire list just to get to COVID-19. Well, there's no blood work. It was a, <clears throat> it was a oral swab. I've it got the oral swab results. Before we get to that, there. we have been talking for weeks now. That's a tease. Right. right. So you're not doing it right now. The payoff is coming up soon. Um, We've been talking for weeks now about uh, Steve helping us sort of digest and process what the county has been saying and what the city has been saying about the reactions to COVID-19. And one of the issues that came up, I noticed this on Wednesday night, that Eric Garcetti had tweeted. that. Now, again, he for those of you who are not keeping score, Eric Garcetti is the mayor of the city of Los Angeles. But he tweeted that all... County residents would be able to get COVID-19 tests regardless of whether or not they had symptoms. If you want it, you got it, basically. Now, that caused a problem. Uh, so, Steve, you get to help us figure out why was what the mayor said such a uh, such a problem? Well, let's start with that uh, in this cut, this first cut with Mayor Garcetti A, or excuse me, uh, Mayor 4. That would be cut number 4, Mayor 4. This was from Wednesday evening. It was something we did not see coming, and then he announced this. Which is why tonight I am so proud to announce that Los Angeles will become the first major city in America to offer wild, wide-scale testing to all of its residents with or without symptoms. So then yesterday, so that was Wednesday night, so yesterday during the 1 o'clock uh, county briefing, of which I was never allowed in on the phone. Uh, so <laughs> It's a good thing you got yeah, over it. Good thing I'm over it. Um, <laughs> but so Dr. Christina Galley, who runs the health services department of the L.A. County Department of Health, uh, she's sort of logistics. She started talking about testing, and it was it just went on and on and on. And this is sort of a compressed version, and let's see if you pick up on what I did. One of the things that we've learned is that both individuals can be infectious while they are still asymptomatic and also that a sizable share of individuals will test positive but will never have symptoms. They are asymptomatic the entire course of their illness. Despite this, as of right now, there is no scientific evidence that would clinically indicate a need to test low-risk asymptomatic individuals outside of certain scenario. And the Hmm. scenarios would be high-risk frontline workers, nursing home residents, that kind of stuff. So she's saying there's no need to do this. The mayor's like, let's do it. What came first? The mayor? The mayor on Wednesday night. This was yesterday, Thursday. Well, maybe. And that's that's kind of what we've been talking about in terms of when we've talked about getting tested and we don't want to take up the tests that other people would need because we don't have any symptoms. Right. Right. And I, I didn't want to do that either. But when the mayor announced on Monday that, 
media are considered frontline workers and that we are free to get tested as well, I thought maybe I should go through the process, see what's going on. And he gave, he said we have plenty of tests. Those were his words, plenty of, to go around. Hmm. So it's interesting because the county is procuring their own bank of tests and the city's procuring its own bank of tests. So then last night on the mayor's call, uh, well, first of all, let me back up yesterday. So one of the reporters that got through from the Daily News, David Rosenfeld, he asked Galley, he says, now, wait a minute, this is confusing because the mayor said one thing, you're saying another. Why aren't you two on the same page? She never answered the question. Right. She kind of went in this long circle and never answered his question. So last night I got in on the mayor's call and, and it's a little long, but it's important for the context. Did you consult the Los Angeles County Health Department when you decided last night to um, open up testing for everyone regardless of symptoms? There seems to be a lot of confusion. Dr. Christina Galley today in, in their conference had suggested that there's no benefit to testing asymptomatic people. It's a very confusing message. She says that, there, that you folks are in constant contact, but she would never go so far to say that you consulted the department. These are the kinds of things that are starting to cause confusion and frustration amongst the public because they don't seem to be hearing a unified message. Sure. Thank you. Look, I love working with the county and my 87 fellow mayors. We've had an extraordinary close relationship and I would say long before COVID-19, I'm proud that I think we have the strongest relationship between a board of supervisors and a mayor and our city council uh, from the city of Los Angeles that in our history. Shown, and as I said tonight, there are hundreds of thousands of tests we have access to, so I'm not worried Impressed about that time. supply. Ah. Um, and it's something that we'll continue to do hand in hand, taking the advice of many, but absolutely. Uh, we are constantly in consultation. We were in consultation yesterday. We adjust language in our communications to make it clear. And I think that we have actually a very close alliance, um, no matter what you uh, might think. Thanks. No matter what Next you question. say. I'm sorry. The, oh, did you did you do this with the blessing of the county health department? Oh, we don't. Have, well, there's two different health departments, right? There's a health department. No, there's pissed. health services, and there's public health. And absolutely, we consulted very closely with public health. Um, had positive feedback, but it's not something where they need to quote unquote sign off. Offering tests to people in the city of Los Angeles and saying that that's for the county too is not something that I'm going to ever stop moving forward on. I think it's so critical for our health. It's so critical for uh, keeping people healthy, and it's critical for opening up our economy. I like that, Eric Garcetti. Thanks, sir. I like that vibe right there. He was pissed off. It's it's the first time that you've seen any sort of edge to the guy trying to hug you for so long, and now that he's got to wag his finger at you a little bit, it's uh, – no, and he says, no matter what you think, I was like, well, well, no, wait a minute. I wasn't implying that there was tension. I just wanted clarity. Steve, is there anybody I mean, getting, you haven't pissed off? Getting a reputation out here, Steve. You you're, know you're getting a reputation like Gary has in this building. I'm just <laughs> the other. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Wait, I should, I, I should be so milk toast. Uh, um, the mate. <laughs> The wow. to, for for a resident of L.A. County, though, for example, to get whether they're in the city or in the county or in some other uh, unincorporated area of the county, whatever um, they can go, according to what I understood yesterday, there's one they keep using the word portal, but it's just a website. Right. There's one website that you can go and it will you know, once you fill out your information, it will direct you to one or the other, either the county scheduling portal or the city scheduling portal. So, but there's one gateway basically is right. what they've both and, and, and agreed to. Really, what it boils down to is your zip code. So, ah. once you put your zip code in, it will it it, then it gives yeah. you a choice, a pull down menu of which ones to go to. For instance, uh, someone else in the building had logged on the other night when the mayor made the announcement. He put his zip code in, and his testing sites were completely different than the ones I put in when I put in Burbank zip code. Okay, mm-hmm. that's great. I have your test well, results. <laughs> wow. I have your test results. Well, in, the, in the in the 
Do we yeah. have to all wrap this up? I mean, don't in we? The what? We have a break. We have a, We have to hit this break. Oh, well, then oh. take the break. Oh, so you got to hit the tease. Oh, you want to hit the break first, and then we'll come back and do the well, results? Well, yeah, because are you new to radio? Gary and I weren't finished talking. This, this is stuff okay, that people want to know about. Okay, talk about zip codes. Oh, my God. I, I didn't know we were keeping them for another segment. Steve. Believe me, no one's pissed off at Gary in this building. Steve. But you, on the other hand. I do this wow. for they're trying to. Every- I know. They're trying to figure out where to put your parking spot. Um, <laughs> you guys are both a-holes. Wow. Oh, all of a sudden, because we don't want to play? <laughs> mm. uh, right, here's the thing. Steve what did we did do? take the COVID-19 test earlier this week. <laughs> Shannon is holding the results, and we will find out, right. is he COVID positive or COVID negative? You know, I don't think I want to know. I don't think I want to put I this on the air. Wait. After the break. I say, I think After about the this. break. Gary and Shannon will continue in a this. moment. Is incredibly blessed by God. Is that a good way of saying it? She's just so pretty. <laughs> what did you say? I don't, probably nothing oh, no. good. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM six forty live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, the dress airlines, is stunning. Airlines are uh, vertical stripes make you look skinnier. Is that right? I don't know. They do me. America, Delta, United, Alaska, they all say they will soon require passengers to cover their faces during flights. Uh, that requirement will come online in the next several days. Uh, JetBlue announced it first. Most flights are just about empty these days, and this statistic just blew me away. Travel down 95% from a year ago, which we've known, but the average passenger manifest on a domestic flight these days, the average ma- passenger manifest has 17 people on board, and that's the average Okay, I have Steve Gregory's test results in this envelope. Okay, Steve, you got tested. You got tested for COVID-19. Yes. It wasn't the nasal thing where they no. poke your brain. You know swabs. that if I open these results and it says that you're positive, that I mean, we all have we to all go have home. We all have to leave. Like, KF- forever, KFI like forever. will shut down. Yeah, the whole floor Ooh. will shut down. Wait a minute. Petros and money will be able to come do their show. This may not be the right time to do this. Probably could have done it off the air. But if he's positive. Yeah. We go home immediately. No, no, no. Because then we take it and we travel and we spread it around. Yeah. We hermetically seal the doors. We have to live here? Hunger Games for 14 days. No, I get to leave, though. Why? Because I'm positive. No, that's not what that means. I think that's what Dr. Ferrer said. Mm, You're going to want to check that. said, Steve. That might be question number 18. If you're either being positive, you need to drive yourself to one of the hotels or RVs. (laughs) You guys, if we have to live here, then that means we have to... We have to um, subsist on those, uh, you know, those now, ice cream bars that are in the that cafeteria. I, now that I thought about this. <laughs> that we never had a reason to eat before now. <laughs> now we do. <laughs> what I thought about is I probably should have told management all of this before I started revealing this. I was just going to say, I'm surprised we haven't gotten a phone call yet. Yeah, because now that I thought about it, I, I'm thinking, because uh, if that ends up being... What I hope it isn't. I'm stressed uh, out. I'm stressed out about this. I feel like the anxiety uh, that I felt before I'd get a report card, well, except me, that we could die. What if we just lied and <laughs> said it die. was regardless of what the paper says, we just say it's negative. And then we're like, that's really funny. Ha ha ha. And then after the commercial break, nothing goes back on the air. Like we're 
Yeah, all of a sudden you hear the EAS tone. I don't know if I want to open this, you guys. All right, well then don't. Then don't. don't. Well, I'm gonna have to open it. it. I gotta look at it because it was printed. And no, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna do it. Put in the envelope. I'm gonna do it. Ready? Sure. Let's just do. It. I gotta do it anyway. Just do it. Roll the dice. Rip that bandaid off. Dear Steve. Negative. Oh, well. No evidence that you are carrying the COVID nineteen virus. Yeah. We grinded it out. If you if you ever had it, Steve, Dr. Rodney Pete says you can grunt that S mm. out, and you did it. Well, so I'm proud of you. But don't forget, Dr. Galley said negative today, positive tomorrow. Well, yeah. so here is Let's the thing. do another test it, it today, says, can we? It says if you are tested early into your infection, you could test positive later. Right. So I guess It also I tells you to again. go wash your hands and avoid touching your face. I guess I have to do this again next week. It's probably best because we don't have anything scheduled for Friday. Look at this. So we're gonna negative. <laughs> we're gonna need you to come that. back. Isn't that cool? Frame it. Specimen date. Ew. Mm. Ew. Did we find a different word? <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah. So I guess we're not going home and we're not eating ice well, cream bars. Steve, here's the other question I have for this you. This is like really. I'm sorry. This is sort of like anticlimactic. It's like because when you look at it, you read to left to right. So you're like looking at your name, going, "Oh, oh, there it is over on the right." Negative. Mm. It's yeah. like when you do one of those online training courses here for the corporation and they print out a little paper that says, you have trained. Right. And you sign your name to make it official. And I even get nerve-wracked on that because it's a test. And <laughs> you're like, you know, even though you know they're not going to fire you if you don't pass the test. Oh, says, you didn't. That's that, – uh, never mind. Um, today's questions, today's uh, news conferences at 1 o'clock, of course, with the county and then later on – is it 5 o'clock with 5:15. the mayor? 5.15 with the mayor. Uh, questions that you have lined up for today? Is there any burning questions? Let's say you get one question to ask the now, county. I, I don't the... want to say the questions now because I don't want others to hear the questions right now. But oh, I have questions written down. Uh, but the chances of you getting in, what do you think? Mm, one in about the chances of us winning that lotto oh, that we all pitch in on. We're you part of the weekly lotto too? Of course I am. That's good. Yeah, I think we won three bucks last week. Yep. But then again, I think you did get a question last week. I did. I did get one question. It was last week, so I haven't had one this week at all. But the mayor's office, I mean, now I don't know if I'll get in today because of last night. I don't know. You know what? I but, like that side of Eric Garcetti. Here's the thing, though. This a good is, look. This is the problem with the way this is set up because this is selective transparency. It's basically, you know what? Yeah, we're going to be transparent. Call in and ask us questions. But first of all, we're going to put it in the order we want it to be in. And right. secondly, if we don't like your question, we just cut off your phone. You know, we or just, we just put you so far down in the right. queue that we go. Sorry, we didn't have time we for you today, time. Mr. Craig. Yeah, so that's uh, yeah. So I can't wait for this selective transparency to be over. All right, what's going on with our meats? We're going to find out with Jane Wells when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. Thank you, Steve. Bye, guys. Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Kaylee McEnany McEnany is uh, the new White House press secretary. She's holding her first briefing. In fact, the first White House press briefing that we've seen in more than a year, I believe. Uh, There is one county, by the way, that is defying the governor's shutdown order, Modoc County. Uh, You probably couldn't name more than 10 counties in California, but there are 58 of them. And Modoc is one of the small ones in terms of population, way up in the corner of the uh, state near Oregon. 
Modoc, Siskiyou, Tehama, Butte. That's four. Calusa. <laughs> there you go. Oh, damn. Yuba. Yuba. Sutter. Nevada. Yeah. yeah. Get it. Del Norte. Not Del Norte. Stop it. Del Norte. You did election results Mendocino, in Sacramento, didn't Sonoma, you? Sonoma, Napa, <laughs> San Francisco, Solano, Yolo. It's, yeah. It's, we, we, could go, we could go on go and back on. and forth we all day. We could just do this. Maybe for our Instagram Live today at 5 <gasps> o'clock, we'll, we'll challenge counties. each other. All counties. How many counties can we do I back love and forth? it. Great idea. Hey, right. one of the uh, shortages that appears to be an issue right now, and hopefully it doesn't Mariposa. continue. Mariposa? Is... <laughs> Kings mm. is um, meat, and our meat correspondent is on the line. We are your meat show of record. We have our eye on your meats, and so does she. Wow. You know, I would think if there's any county that's going to stick it to the governor, it would be YOLO. Yeah, the good point, except they're too close to him. YOLO is right there that's next true. to Sacramento, and that's yeah. too close. It's all a blur to me when you get up to that part of the state. <laughs> Why are why are we concerned about meat shortages? Okay, well here's the situ here's the beef. Um, everybody's <laughs> yeah. talking about the yeah, thank you the the meat packing plants and how they're all shut down because their uh, workers are sick, and that's where we have problems right now with production because there's plenty of meat out there. There are plenty of animals, livestock, uh, but there's this choke point at the meat packing plants and they're trying to get all kinds of aid and the president is doing his executive order. Here's the deal. Meat packing over the last several years has become consolidated and they're doing great. They get great margins right now because the ranchers will complain they control the market. And so where the real problem is, is the last step right before the packing plant, which is something called the feedlot. If you raise a cow, usually it gets up to about 600 pounds out on the range. Then you ship it off to a feedlot for the last six months or so of its life where it gets fed and fattened up. And then it goes from there to the packing house. Well, these feedlots are now backed up three to four weeks all over the country because the packing plants are shut down. They're not taking their cows they have, they're stuck with these cows. They have to keep feeding them. It costs more to feed them as they're getting bigger, which means they're going to cost more to slaughter, which means you are eventually going to end up with some Fred Flintstone brontosaurus steak uh, if this continues. And so what could happen is that these meat, these feedlots are now, they're losing money. They're losing money three to $400 a head. The federal aid for the feedlots is capped at such a rate that most of them, it's not going to help most of them, and they will start to go bankrupt. So we're going to start to see bankruptcies at the feedlot level, which will mean eventually there will be fewer cows because that will go back down to the ranchers, and ranchers will go out of business or kill more, less their, get more of their herd. They won't have as many cows. So at that point, which could be a year from now, we will have like, oh, my God, where's all the beef? Where's all the beef? Because right now there's a glut of it, but you can't get it through these packing plants. And eventually the bankruptcies are going to mean, ah, there's not so many cows anymore. How does the president's executive order factor in to all of this? Not to them. It doesn't factor into them at all. The president, okay. Except that it will force these plants to keep open and continue operating. But the plants, they have pricing power. And they are getting – they're making a killing, no pun intended, on uh, – these ranchers and feedlots are desperate. They're selling these cattle at a loss because they got they, – they just need to get rid of them. Now, part of that is the ranchers' fault because uh, they raised too many cows. 
uh, that will certainly get fixed over the next year. Let's hope it doesn't get fixed too much. Am I making sense? Yes, it is. I mean, it's basically just that there is a choke point. It's not that we're you know running out of cows or chickens or pigs. Oh, not at all. It's it's that there's a choke point. Now, the other thing is that um, you know because the choke point comes after the farm. Some of the animals are just, and as weird as this sounds, they're euthanized as opposed to being processed. Yes. To quote, I'm going to get graphic people about animals. To quote a rancher, you can gas your hogs. You can, I'm sorry, abort your sows. You can break all your eggs. Harder to do that with a cow because a cow's so big and most ranch operations can't process an, an animal that large. You know what I mean? You're not, they're outdoor, they're big and you, you count on the packing plants to sort of take care of them. Here's a number that's going to throw, I'm just going to throw you. Guess how many cattle this week, a year ago, were slaughtered in America? 17. 17? Yeah. <laughs> no, this week, a year ago, 670,000 head of cattle were slaughtered in one week in one week mm. this week it'll be 440,000 so it's more than a 36% drop but i i think that i had that we have that's like 20 million cattle or 40 million cattle that is a lot we eat a lot of beef and there's this choke point as you pointed out Gary right now where uh what do you do even if you get all the packing plants open they still control pricing unless the president steps in and starts saying – starts throw, really just let's throw capitalism out the window and saying you have to start having – you know, we got to get these, these animals through, animals through. Then you and I – I mean we're not seeing shortages on the shelves like we did at the beginning of the shutdown. I mean I'm still – I'm now seeing a pretty good supply of meat. But now we may start to see in the short term even more and then less if I'm making any sense at all. And you know what was interesting? Yesterday we had the CEO of Whirlpool on. Good luck buying a freezer right now. I was you just go on the say, Whirlpool. Yeah, you go on the Whirlpool. They're all out out of stock right now on freezers. Wow. One of my girlfriends, Katie, just bought one of those big freezers, and they they they, uh, they split a cow with their friends. They get half a cow, and they put it in that freezer. And, yeah, and they just go through that cow. Uh, yeah, bit by bit. That's a little. That's a little too close to the farm for me. Uh, one <laughs> me too. People, me too. One people are talking about, though, and there is a company out of New Zealand that one of the large meat packing processors uses that makes robots. So the future for – it's hard to get workers to work in these packing plants anyhow. It's dangerous work, and now you've got COVID-19. It's, it's incredibly hard work. Um, and, you know, the pay is good but not phenomenal. So this really is an area where robots could come in and make a difference. Interesting. I, I, one of the things that uh, that my wife was smart enough to do a couple of years ago was to start one of those meat-by-mail things. You know, every once yeah. in a while they bring meat every yeah. three weeks or four weeks or whatever That's it is. That's how Katie's cow comes. And I'm telling you, that is – I don't know if they'll be effect, affected by what we're we're seeing in terms of the choke point because a lot of them are much smaller, much closer yeah, to my like house kind of place. artisanal. Yeah. So – but, I mean, the, the meat is fantastic. We're not at a loss. Granted, we have too much ground beef. But, listen, I could do all kinds of stuff with ground beef. Yeah, you can. And Meatballs, I, hamburgers. Tacos. Lasagna. <laughs> Well, by the way, Beyond Meat stock has been way up because of uh, the, the people are trying to play the market that with this meat supply chain issue, that's people a, will be buying more fake that's meat. That's a cruel trick, though. Like you go to someone's house for a barbecue, socially distanced, of course, you're not going to be close enough to the grill to realize that's not a real burger. 
and then you're going to eat it, and they're going to go, guess what you're eating right chemicals. now? Chemicals. You just ate chemicals. You just ate a pound of chemicals that right is, in your gut. Mouthful but of you saved beef. an animal. And you you saved use, a haunch. But you can't use our bathroom. <laughs> I know you guys want to talk about me, but you've got to look at the market. And there's just one thing I want to point out about the market right now, yeah. which is down. I won't go into the reasons why, but you've got to go on Elon Musk's Twitter feed. Oh, I saw that. Because he said the stock is too high, and so it's being sold off at 9%. And he may he's supposed to get those tweets now vetted by legal before he does that. Then he says he's selling all of his possessions because uh, he just wants to focus on the Earth and Mars. He's he's been quoting the uh, Star Spangled Banner because he thinks the stay-at-home stuff is fascist. And the last tweet he says now his girlfriend is mad at him, and I assume Grimes is mad at him because he says he wants to sell everything except not his house because that's Gene Wilder's former house mm. and it's special. So I I don't know what he's smoking today. Yeah, well, I was just going to say Elon is high people, AF people right now. People are getting into the edibles <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> And that's just the way it's going. Allegedly. I had a, Allegedly. Jane, you'll appreciate this, um, I think. My wife today just told me this story about how she was uh, on a run. My wife! And she ran into somebody who was on the sidewalk lying down. What? Lying down on the sidewalk. And in the bag from the grocery store down the street by about two blocks <laughs> were two more bottles of vodka. No. Oh. And uh, she took... You know, got the woman some water and she just her quote. And I'm going to read this to you. The quote, the quote from this woman to my wife after having been found lying down on the sidewalk. I mean, it's a nice neighborhood. It's not like anything's going to happen to her. But people were literally walking around her. Her quote, I'm just beyond my limit. Oh, my God. What the? So she wasn't a homeless person. She's no. just someone oh who can't take God. it anymore. Yep. Come on. There's got to be how many of those people of exist right now before noon. Oh, well, I'm getting you, close, Jenna. but I'm not, you know. <laughs> I loved I your mean, tweet last night. <laughs> about, yeah, my, I tweeted that, you know, I'm staying home, but my cuticles and roots are marching to Sacramento to uh, protest. I mean, it's, we're at DEFCON 1 in uh, the root situation here. I just ordered a cuticle remover on Amazon yesterday. I'm actually uh, holding the nail front down okay. Dude, are, oh. you the, are you the two who put the American mini football on the list? Come on, you guys are starting to sound soft. Let those toenails grow. Why? I want to hear. I want to hear those toenails clicking across the hardwood. That's what I want. Like Howard Hughes in the final days drinking our urine. Gray Gardens. (laughs) We're all gonna look like. All right, Jade. Thank you. All right. Good luck. Thanks for playing with us. We come back. How about some fun stuff to do this weekend? Jason Nathanson's gonna join us. Talk about some new stuff. There's no stuff to do. You mean stuff to watch? Yeah, it's a good point. Sit on your butt. Stuff to watch. Jason Nathanson, expert at both. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. song makes me want to dance. There's nobody stopping you from dancing. I don't want you to judge me. It's too late for that. <laughs> every, <laughs> every weekend we try to figure out things that we can do to keep ourselves busy. 
Uh, this weekend is no different. Our friend Jason Nathanson, fresh from the hot tub, is here to join us to talk more about things we can do this weekend. Some new stuff to watch. Mm, Jay now, what's I going on? I think hot tubbing is on the list. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. That song makes me want to go to the beach, though. That's not fair. Uh, we can't go to the beach, Jason. That's why Stop we're it. bringing the beach to you. Oh, really? Is that what it's doing? Yes. Pants or no pants? Uh, right now, I'm in shorts. Oh, good. So, like uh, boxer brief shorts? No, or? Actual, actual shorts. Okay. I, I'm, I'm modestly covered. <laughs> so what can we watch this weekend that's new? Uh, there's a couple of new things. One is a movie called Arkansas from writer and director Clark Duke, who you might know from The Office. He was in the last season. He played like the younger Dwight kind of looking guy. And he was also in Hot Tub Time Machine. Speaking of hot tubs, oh, it all I comes back exactly. to hot okay. tubs. I know who he is now. Um, and he, this is the first movie that he has written and directed. It stars Liam Hemsworth, John Malkovich, uh, Vince Vaughn, a bunch of other people. Pretty good cast here. And it's about drug dealers in the South. And it's got kind of a, a little bit of Quentin Tarantino vibe, a little bit of Coen Brothers vibe. Uh, I liked it. Um, I don't know that I'd rush out to go see it. Uh, I mean, you're not rushing out anywhere. You're just seeing it home. But uh, it, it's it's good. It's uh, it's decent stuff. It's not going to blow your mind, but I enjoyed it. Uh, what about Hollywood from Ryan Murphy? That is, uh, okay, so this is from Ryan Murphy. It's about 1940s Hollywood and the way the system was back then, and it's kind of like an alternate reality fantasy if Hollywood actually took some steps to put show diversity on screen, uh, to combat homophobia, to combat racism, and how things would change if they had done that, what, what cultural things would have changed if they had taken those steps back then. Interesting. So politically correct Hollywood. Yeah, I- exactly. Um, and I, I, I like the premise. I like the trailer. Um, I'm into the first episode, and I, I'm enjoying it. Now, the <laughs> one uh, review from BBC called it uh, a disaster, which is wow. not great. <laughs> I, I have not gotten to the part that's a disaster yet. Uh, I hope to get to that part at some point, but I enjoy it so far. It's, uh, it stars Darren Chris, Jim Parsons, Patty Lapone, who's very interesting in the first episode. Uh, so I'm, hmm. I'm digging it. Now, some places in the country have said that they would reopen movie theaters or uh, this weekend or at the beginning of next week. Although, are they just going to show movies that were in the you know first run movies back in the middle of March? Well, I mean, there's a little bit of a debate going on there because AMC and Regal and some of the other big chains are saying they're not opening. And they're probably not going to open until July 17th. So maybe some of the smaller theaters, an independent theater could open, at which point they could show, you know, kind of whatever they want. Uh, but the big chains are not opening, partly because of, you know, they, they don't feel it's necessarily safe yet, but also because there's nothing to show. There, there's no new movies. And all the stuff that was showing before this time, um, that's all out on streaming now. I, so I don't I don't think people are going to go into the theaters to see Invisible Man or something like that when <laughs> they can just watch that at home right now. Yeah, Jason Nathanson, appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Have a good weekend. All of our trending stories, will, uh, we know the governor is speaking. We'll pay attention to what he's saying. We've got some trending stories. We have our small business shout out. We've got a bunch more to get through for the rest of the show today. Gary and Shannon will continue.
Farmers and Distillers Dining Room and Patio are now open and accepting reservations. They're following all the government guidelines so you can choose to dine out safely or if you want to stay in, they've got you covered. You can order for curbside pickup or delivery online at FarmersAndDistillers.com. They're also still offering a robust one-stop shop founding farmers market and grocery for all your daily grocery needs. Offerings include fresh produce, a prepared foods market, whole bakery, butcher and deli, house-churned ice cream, house-roasted coffee, wine, beer and more. Visit FoundingFarmersMarket.com to order. Same-day delivery of available ladies and gentlemen welcome aboard this summer we'll be traveling at an altitude of approximately two feet in a brand new nissan we invite you to enjoy the available panoramic views premium seats in all rows and connected tech while avoiding baggage fees layovers and neck pillows so fasten your seat belts and enjoy non-stop routes to summer because the best way to travel this season is in a new nissan And now is the best time to buy at the Nissan 4th of July sales event. Save up to $3,500 on the 2020 Nissan Rogue or get 0% APR financing on 13 models. Nissan, innovation that excites. For well-qualified buyers, $3,500 on 2020 Rogue consists of $3,000 cash back and $500 bonus cash. Available on purchase. Must purchase from new dealer stock. See dealer for financing details. Call 1-888-858-8319 for offer and safety information details. Offers in 7-6-2020. Carrie and Shannon, KFI AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, here's a, a special note. If you did not file a tax return last year but you do have kids under the age of 17 again if you did not file a tax return last year and you have kids under the age of 17 you have to act pretty quickly to get that $500 economic impact payment per kid and there are a lot of people out there I I know you can use this money so to make sure you get it done by Tuesday May 5th you'll want that to get your payment this year otherwise you're going to have to wait uh, again, if you did not file a tax return and you have kids under 17, go to irs.gov, irs.gov, and you can enter information. Look for the non-filer tool. You have to do that, though, by Cinco de Mayo, as they say, my friends say. It is Taco Tuesday on Cinco de Mayo. Did you realize that? So, That's so I- sad. irs.gov and enter the information in the non-filer tool by Tuesday, May 5th, if you're going to get that payment this year. I'm hey. going to get some tacos. We should get tacos uh, on Taco Tuesday. Get delivered. From, oh, we, there's probably a billion places. We could go to, we could get uh, guisados. Remember those? Oh. I think we should do that on Tuesday. Hey, what else is going on? Time for What's Happening. On today's edition of Stream of Consciousness. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Well, you just heard Corbin's report there in Amy's News at the top of the hour. It is on at Huntington Beach as a lot of protesters have covered the street corners there to protest. The governor's order to close the beaches in Orange County, and you knew this was going to happen. As soon as he singled out Orange County and shut down everything without even giving a weekend of a warning, uh, you knew that more people were going to be pissed off and out there protesting and putting everyone in danger more. He should have known that as well. 
Yeah, uh, he in the last uh, he started his press conference in this uh, in Sacramento right on time. And uh, for eight minutes now, he's been talking and has yet really to say anything about this beach closure issue, despite the fact that that's the thing that's created the headlines. Do you think he'll ignore it? Uh, no, I, I do think he will address it, but I think he's going to do it in uh, that pandering sort of way in which he announced it yesterday and he talked about he wants he's just he's just calling it a pause but then declared it a hard closure on on orange county beaches in the meantime public golf courses in san francisco are going to open next week because the governor eased restrictions there a lot of people going after him because uh, he probably golfs but he doesn't surf Um, there is something that i've i've seen i've noticed i came to this realization a few minutes ago literally that uh, it's it's okay to have these discussions. It's okay to have the arguments. You feel like uh, the complete lockdown is ent- entirely um, uh, necessary and important. And people who say that the lockdown is overreached by the government and there should be a way for us to quarantine the at-risk and the ill so that other people can either get back to work or continue to go about their lives on a regular basis while protecting and maintaining social distancing, et cetera. That some people who are arguing against reopening of anything are using their immunocompromised family members or friends as their badge of honor. I'm better than you because I think of my cousin who has diabetes. Well, we've seen this go on for a number of years and it's gotten ramped up where people have to make whatever's going on in the world about them. Yeah, and, and here you want to make it about you? Here's how you do it. My cousin has diabetes. I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that I don't expose him to anything that would compromise his health any more than it's already compromised. I think that thought process is just if, uh, if, if everyone's out and about and doing their thing, then it's going to spread more quickly, more rapidly, and there's a greater chance that the nephew that has an autoimmune disorder would get it. Biden has denied the allegation of sexual assault from Tara Reid. Tara Reid, a former staffer, she was in Biden's Senate office for a brief period in 1993. She says that he accosted her in a hallway, put his hands up her pants, and uh, he says he has vehemently denied the allegations. Yeah, I think at the beginning of Swamp Watch, we'll talk about this. I do have some of the sound bites that he, uh, some of the, Answers to questions that Mika Brzezinski leveled at him today. She went after him in a way that was very soft. And she sounded like it was paining her to ask these questions of him. But to her credit, she didn't let him just get away with answers like, oh, it never happened. She was demanding that or at least asking why he wouldn't allow a full search of the records that can that are in his um Uh, University of Vermont, I think it is, uh, wherever it is that he's got his personal library that's got all of his Senate documents in it. His response was, there are no personnel files in there. So something like that wouldn't even exist in the papers that I have that that are uh, donated to the library. Well, the president's new press secretary has held her first White House briefing today, Kayla McEnany, and she was asked, will you lie to us? From that podium, she said, I will not lie to you. I will never lie to you. You have my word. She announced that the Trump administration is going to provide 12 billion to uh, 395 hospitals across the country that have been hardest hit by this thing. 
Um, she did say uh, when asked about the Joe Biden allegations, we are pleased with the former vice president to go on the record. <laughs> I don't know what that means other than maybe she thinks they're they're going to catch him in a lie of some kind. Uh, we'll talk more about the whole Joe Biden thing at the bottom of the hour. Up in uh, Washington, Seattle area, Shoreline, King County's quarantine recovery site is providing certain patients with beer and cigarettes. Also providing some patients with marijuana edibles. Because Washington. Okay. Um, well, with marijuana edibles, though, like if you're having symptoms or like anxiety, maybe that would help. That would be, that would go or a maybe, long way. Beer and cigarettes, not so much. Or maybe if it's Thursday. The facility there in Shoreline <laughs> has become a harm reduction site. Nurses and clinicians are trained to treat infected patients who also struggle with addiction withdrawal symptoms. So they, the offer of alcohol and nicotine does provide an incentive to prevent that patient from walking away from the facility. All right, coming up next, small business shout out. We'll be talking to the Baguette Bakery and Cafe in Riverside. Some beach, somewhere, there's a big umbrella casting shade over an empty chair. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640 Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Pretty active on uh, Instagram today, aren't we? Aren't we, people? We've got our uh, fridge thaw, the great fridge thaw of 2020. Took this opportunity that no one's in the building and there's a balcony out there to uh, try to get this giant block of ice off of the little tiny office fridge that we have. I was so glad when I came in today and saw that you all had taken that refrigerator up to the roof because I didn't want to have to deal with it. We just put it on an office chair and rolled it up there. It's not like we carried it or anything. I mean, they're not entirely that heavy. They're just awkwardly weird. Right. Size. They're boxy. Yes. Bo- they're boxy. Uh, we are also doing our virtual happy hour once again tonight on Instagram at Gary and Shannon and on the KFI account at KFI AM 640. What so are we going to talk about? Oh, I was thinking about this. Okay. We develop a list of questions to ask each other. Like, I know there are things that you would not want to talk about, so I can. Why ask would you do that? Just to see what uh, I don't know. We see, just. I'm, 20, I'm not going to make you we, answer them. I just want to see you squirm out of answering them. Oh, okay. So, like, find a way to answer them without yeah. answering. them? I'm not going to make you do it. I'm not. Gonna... I mean, we've just spent 20 hours with each other this week, and then we're going to meet at five and piss each other off. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? Maybe we'll discuss more about what goes on during the commercial breaks during the show. Because those are the those are the missing moments that people don't get to see. Yeah, but how much can we talk about on Instagram? Everything. Our small business shout out today brought to you by Spectrum Business. Switch to Spectrum Business and get the best internet and phone for your business. Ty T is owner of Baguette Bakery and Cafe in Riverside. Oh, can't go wrong there. <laughs> how you doing, Ty? Good. How are you doing, guys? Great. Uh, weird times that we find ourselves in. Now, you, I understand, used to do sort of a buffet style uh, in terms of uh, buffet style setup. How have you had to alter things over these last several weeks? Uh, we started switching over to uh, individually boxed meals now for certain clientele of ours that's, that's requesting it. So uh, just a little bit of changes here, you know, uh, whatever we can do to help out you know, the staffing and all that stuff uh, as far as 
meal separation requirements and stuff like that. I know a lot of a lot of offices are requesting those things now, and so we have to basically change our our, our packaging, you know, design and everything, and uh, go from there. But uh, it's still not enough, you know. Talk to me about these homemade lasagnas. <laughs> well, we uh, we make our own lasagnas here, and it's one of our uh, top seller at the shop. Um, those we we originally only did it in in you know full trays of catering style, you know, serving twelve up to nine, nine to twelve people or so. Um, now we're going to go ahead and start offering individual servings of those as far as, you know, the, the, the serving size goes. Oh, but, this, uh, baked they're delicious. Pota- this baked potato situation, too. <laughs> oh, oh that's, that's a little bit harder to do because we give you an array of different meats and, and vegetables on the side. And unless you know exactly what you want on, that, on your potato, then we can do it individually boxed for you. But otherwise, we do a buffet setup, and you know all these condiments are on the side for you guys to, Ty, to choose from. Hi, let me say that in the history of this show, you are the first person to say the phrase "an array of different meats." That's a beautiful phrase. <laughs> Thank you. That is fantastic. Now, the other thing is, uh, I know that you guys have been uh, out there and helping feed some of those on the front line, some of our hospital workers, etc. By by allowing the purchase of gift cards, explain that program. Uh, well, the our credit card processor launched a uh, care program for us, and um, they set up a gift card program for all their 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 uh, clientele. Um, what they're doing is they're any any uh, for any gift card purchase, they're adding an additional five percent on top of that that purchase for us. Um, and what we're doing is we're going to apply those gift cards toward, you know, feeding the frontline program that we're running here. So just looking for a little bit of extra help because right now we're just running off from our profit line. So whatever we're making here on a daily basis in sales, we're using that profit to go ahead and feed all the frontline uh, hospitals that we're, we're catering to currently. Is that the best way that, that customers and, and friends can help out is by the uh, buying these gift cards? Yeah, because it's a simple. Just go online, click on the link, and buy a gift card. It, you know, they notify us once a gift card is purchased, um, and once we receive that, we cash it out and we apply it toward uh, these donations that we're doing to the hospitals here. That's great. I, I anticipate you're going to have a flood of business when this gets uh, when this gets resolved, because I think a lot of people are going to be ordering catering. We're going to be wanting to get together. We're, going to want to be having parties and all of that. So uh, I see that. That's my hope, too. Yeah. That's my hope, too. And thank thank you guys for doing this. Oh, Ty, thank Listen, our job is not hard right now. It's that it's that we get have to, you know, see that people are struggling a whole lot more than we are in terms of making making ends meet. So anything that we can do to to help out is uh, it's our pleasure. Hi. Yeah, and definitely that's that's my field too. I'm I'm seeing the hospital workers working 24/7 and um, not going home and all that stuff. And I feel like you know what, I'm not making much money, but uh, I'll do what I can to help them out as much as I can on my end. I mean, I have the food, I have the inventory, might as well use it instead of having it go to waste. Ty, thank you for what you do. We appreciate it. We'll let everybody know more about uh, Baguette Bakery and Cafe. Okay. Thank you so much, guys. Take care. Ty T, again, owner of Baguette Bakery and Cafe over there in Riverside, right next to UCR. 
Um, BaguetteBakeryCafe.com on Instagram, Baguette Bakery Cafe on Facebook, Baguette Bakery and Cafe. Find them, help them out by buying one of those gift cards, and they'll uh, they'll not only feed you eventually, but they'll uh, they'll give some of that as well to uh, to our frontline workers. Swamp Watch when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Our small business shout-out brought to you today by Spectrum Business. Switch to Spectrum Business. Get the best internet and phone for your business. And it's sunshine, Shannon, KFI AM640 Live, everywhere on the iHeartRadio app, taking a look at the live pictures of Huntington Beach, where there is not social distancing going on. There are angry people in the streets, packed together a lot more closely than they were on that beach last weekend. Maine and PCH is right where all of this is. Cops all over the place, but... um... Uh, What the hell are they going to do? Well, there's nobody. They're not marching. They're just kind of standing around yelling, waving, right. waving flags. But uh, I mean, there's nothing. They're all packed in there. Yeah, they're on all sides of that intersection. Uh, <laughs> That's a lot of people. Here's what's frustrating. Those people wouldn't be there and they wouldn't be that close together if we didn't. If the beach was open. Right. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, the governor in his news conference is being asked of this, of course, and uh, we will play for you when we get some of the cuts. I want to play for you just part of this where he has dangled this carrot over our heads. Uh, and he, I think he realizes that that what this is now causing, you know, the order they announced yesterday that beaches in Orange County specifically the are going to be closed. That he thought that saying that would result in people staying home, that people yeah. would hear him and go, You know what? I should just throw an American mini football around. That will satiate my desire to be out and about. That's not the reaction. No. Here's what he said just a couple minutes ago. That spirit uh, of recognition, that spirit of collaboration, that spirit of partnership is uh, is going to be advanced uh, in very public ways very, very soon. Uh, But again, we're driven by data. We're driven by health. Um, and uh, and we're driven uh, by uh, uh, by good guidance. And uh, and so just know uh, that uh, I'm looking forward next week uh, to be making, I think, some very constructive uh, announcements in this space. Carrot. I don't want to overpromise. Dangle uh, but carrot. I, I just want to assure you uh, that uh, if we can hold the line and continue to do good work uh, and just avoid the temptation get back and congregate with uh, with people in ways where we can see an increase in the spread. We'll get there much sooner than many people perhaps think. Ah, see, if you're good, there's ice cream in the freezer. Yeah, but this is not good behavior in his eyes. He's going to lose it when he no. sees these protest pictures. He's going to lose it, and it's going to be – it's going to look a lot like um, – uh, it's going to look a lot like Breakfast Club. Yeah, you can't treat grown adults or even 17-year-olds like that. No. They, they freak out. Yeah, they get, you You know, you just challenge them and you say, oh, I got to get it for another Saturday. You want another detention? You want My another one? Shorts. You just bought yourself another Saturday, mister. <sighs> Crushed. Now, listen, if <laughs> anybody had any sense of humor, they would hold a sign out there that said, eat my shorts, Mr. Vernon. 12.30, we dive into all things Washington. 
drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. I just want to mention this. There is a North Korean defector that now is a lawmaker in South Korea, and he claims that he is 99% certain Kim Jong-un is dead. Of course, rumors have swirled in recent weeks over Kim Jong-un's health. He was last spotted in public April 11th, and this defector says, I'm informed that Kim died last weekend. Really? 99% sure. Who knows? The one thing that I think that this is really pointed out in terms of whether Kim Jong-un's alive or dead is simply we have so little. Our, our intelligence when it comes to North Korea is so limited. Limited. Yeah. I was going to say shoddy, but that, uh, that's to, that would denigrate the people who are working on it. I just say limited. It's a better one. Fox well, News has gone and found Eric Swalwell to find out what he thinks about Biden's why? allegation. I have no idea. <laughs> Can I? It's like, here's the headline. Swalwell on Biden's sexual oh, assault as- allegation. Tara Reid has a right to be heard, according to Eric Swalwell. Interior. Small, modest home. Bay Area. Beautiful day outside. Jazz music on the record player. I actually have a uh, sound effect. picture of what it looked like. Phone rings. Voice off stage. Middle-aged man. I got it. I got it. I'll get it. I'll get it. Honey, I got it. I got it. Hello, Representative Swalwell. Uh, It's Fox News. Oh, my God. Thank you for calling and remembering me. Whatever you're going to ask me, I will answer. Whatever you want to talk about, I will talk about. What what are we going to talk about? Eric Swalwell has a quarantine beard. Makes him look like a man in the bush. (laughs) That's what happens to everybody. They stop running for president and they, they grow a beard. Yeah. Except Amy Klobuchar. And Oscar. And Oscar, he never ran for president. Um, Well, what did he say about Joe Biden? He just said the vice president uh, calling for an investigation into any records that exist is the right thing to do, that Tara Reid has a right to be heard. Of course, Biden has denied all of these allegations, saying they aren't true. This never happened. These... um these sound bites are from MSNBC Morning Joe today. These claims are not true. Uh, he was on with Mika Brzezinski. And the way they set this up, if you saw the interview this morning, I went back and watched it. She's, she's very breathlessly and very intently says, I mean, Mika, it's Joe Scarborough. And there was somebody else on set today. I don't know who it was. But single camera shot of Mika. Deadly serious. Well, I should say it's a two shot because uh, Joe Biden's at home, but but he's being interviewed. It's just her on the MSNBC set. And she says, I'm going to handle this part of the interview. And she very seriously oh, God. asks him a series of questions about the allegations I by Tara Reid. have female parts. Exactly. Like Joe Scarborough wouldn't be able to ans- ask the right. questions at all. Please go on the record with the American people. Did you sexually assault? Again, her her affect while she's asking these questions. I don't know if she's trying to be prosecutorial in the way she's asking them or is she saying on behalf of 300 uh or sorry 165 million women across the united states i'm asking you in all seriousness please go on the record with the american people did you sexually assault tara reed no it is not true i'm saying unequivocally it never never happened and it didn't it never happened do you remember her do you remember any 
any types of complaints that she might have made? I don't remember any type of complaint she <clears throat> may have made. It was 27 years ago. And uh, I don't remember, nor does anyone else that I'm aware of. And uh, the fact is that I don't remember. I, I don't remember any complaint ever having been made. Have you or your campaign, have you reached out to her? No, I have not reached out to her. It's 27 years ago. This never happened. And uh, when she first made the claim, we made it clear that it never happened. And uh, that's as simple as that. Now, again, the questioning was not super duper aggressive, but there was one point where you got to give Mika Brzezinski a credit. She compared these allegations against Joe Biden to Christine Blasey Ford's allegations against Justice Kavanaugh. But, Mr. Vice President, as it pertained to Dr. Ford, everyone wanted uh, high-level Democrats said she should be believed, that they believed it happened. You said if someone like Dr. Ford were to come out, the essence of what she is saying has to be... Shannon, KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Reminder on uh, Instagram, we have our great Fridge Thaw 2020 at Gary and Shannon. Also, 5 o'clock tonight doing another virtual happy hour. 5 o'clock on Instagram uh, at the Gary and Shannon page and uh, the KFI AM 640 page. Alex Stone joining us now to talk about what's going on in the friendly skies. It looks like the airlines are coming up with some rules for us. Alex, what do you know? Well, they definitely are, guys. Yeah, yesterday it was only JetBlue and then Frontier who were saying that that you had to wear masks on board. And then it very rapidly grew from there. We're almost every hour yesterday and into today, more airlines were adding on. So now JetBlue, Frontier, Delta, American, United, Alaska, and then this morning Southwest did it saying that if you're going to fly, you're going to have to wear a mask, that their employees are going to do it, that the passengers have to do it as well. Most of them are implementing it sometime in the next couple of days and few of them in the next couple of weeks, not necessarily right now, but that it is coming. And they're saying, hey, if you don't have a mask, they will give you a mask. This is the message uh, that went out to American Airlines passengers today. If you have an email account with them. We ask customers to bring their own masks or face coverings they're comfortable with when they travel. Americans saying they don't have enough masks yet, but once they can get, or as a governor would say, procure uh, enough masks, that then they will offer them up to passengers who are on board. But this is going to be the new normal for a while, that the airlines are saying they don't know how long it will last for, but they will mandate now everybody on board be wearing a mask. Are they going to charge for masks? (laughs) (laughs) You want the logo on it? You know, like 10, 15 bucks. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, the the frontiers, the spirits of the world, if you don't have your own, they'll probably charge you, charge you for it. They charge you for everything else. Um, where do the uh, the flight attendants unions and the pilots unions come down on this? Was this part of uh, partly motivated by them at all, do you know? Well, a little bit. They want passengers wearing them. They want their members to be wearing them as well, but they didn't necessarily want it to be mandatory because unions don't like anything that's mandatory involving the, their workers. So they they want their members to be wearing masks and to be doing the, the social distancing and whatnot. And many flight attendants have been doing that. Many pilots have been doing it. Uh, masks have been mandatory for a few weeks on United and 
uh, American and a couple of other airlines. Delta didn't do it until this week. Southwest didn't do it until the, the rule was announced today, going into effect on Sunday. So some were doing it, some weren't. Uh, the, the unions want it, but they don't want it necessarily, at least for crew members, to, to be mandatory. So they're told what they've got to do. I can't wait to get back on a plane to anywhere. It's going to be crazy, though, right? I mean, imagine yeah. that, especially if the plane's full, that everybody's sitting around you, you're shoulder to shoulder, people are, somebody's going to be coughing around yeah. you, um, but, but you've all got the masks on. And, you know, numbers are beginning, as we talked about earlier in the week, we got new numbers today. Numbers are beginning to go up very slowly. The TSA is saying, again, yesterday the numbers went up, but still... Listen to this from the CEO of Southwest Airlines talking about things are not good. He said this a couple of days ago in a video to his employees. Yes, we have a problem. Our traffic is virtually zero. So we've cut our flight schedule by more than 50%. We've grounded hundreds of aircraft. We are burning through cash, and it is an alarming rate. And that's the reality that we all know. I mean, that's a rough message from your CEO that... We're burning through cash. The the things aren't looking good. So even though numbers are slowly coming up and people have to wear masks, still we're looking at about 95% less airline traffic than this time last year. Numbers are still way down. Yeah, and, and just this idea that, uh, I mean, anecdotally, dozens of flights out of LAX on one specific airline that I know of that are down to five Flights out of LAX. I yeah, mean, and if you fly into Denver or a number of other airports, it is a parking lot right now. United's using Denver, uh, the Victorville Airport, of course, but but they're pretty much full now. Where Delta and American, they've been parking and Southwest, lots of planes there. Other airports are doing the same thing, but you know most of those you don't typically fly into because they they aren't passenger airports. But you fly into DIA right now in Denver and. You're just surrounded by planes parked everywhere. I mean, it really does wake you up to what's going on right now. Alex, thank you. Have a good weekend. You got it. You too. Thanks, Alex guys. Stone there with the latest on what's going on. Uh, when we come back, L.A. County is expected to give their update. We'll dip in when Dr. Barbara Ferrer takes the microphone and uh, gives us some of the numbers. We'll try to make sure that we hone in on the most important numbers that she gives out. Nick is alive. walking around the office on Instagram Live with that ice. With oh, that, that ice. Oh, wow. That thing that came out of the fridge? Yeah. You know, that's bigger than a, an American mini football, so You're I don't know damn if he right should be walking is. around with that. And, by the way, let's not have him walk around with slippery things. I know. Why are we doing that? You, you know he's going to get injured. <sighs> L.A. County update when we come back to Gary and Shannon. We're now going to join L.A. County doing their daily briefing where uh, Dr. Barbara Ferrer has announced 62 additional deaths today. This brings the total number of deaths to 1,172 uh, people who passed away in L.A. County. And as a reminder, at the beginning of this month, of, of at the beginning of the month of April, uh, I reported 79 deaths. So we have had devastating losses across our communities uh, during the month of April. And the numbers represent real people who are being, who have lost their lives to COVID-19 and their families and friends everywhere in our county who are grieving this loss. Uh, to everyone who's lost a loved one, uh, we're so sorry and please know that the entire county family keeps you in our thoughts and our prayers. 92% of the people who have died from COVID-19 continue to be people who have underlying health conditions. And as a reminder, if you have underlying health conditions, this includes asthma, COPD, cancer, 
or other conditions that could affect your immune system, please, please, please do your best to stay at home, to avoid close contact with others as much as possible, and at the very first signs of illness, we ask that you call your health care provider. And as a reminder, if you don't have a health care provider, please call 211 so that you can be connected uh, with a health care provider that's in your uh, neighborhood. For the 1,069 people who passed away where we have information about race and ethnicity, 38% are Latino or Latinx, 29% are white, 19% are Asian, 13% are African American, 1% are Native Hawaiian and Pacific, or Pacific Islander, and 1% identified with another race or ethnicity. And today I'm also reporting 1,065 new cases. Uh, this brings the total number of positive cases in L.A. County to 24,215. Uh, these cases include 667 cases that are reported by our partners in the city of Long Beach and 406 people who were positive for COVID-19 reported by the city of Pasadena. Both cities have independent city health departments. Uh, we're also reporting today 182 confirmed cases amongst people experiencing homelessness. 104 of the people who were experiencing homelessness were sheltered, and they are now appropriately isolated, and their close contacts are quarantined. The majority of people experiencing homelessness who have tested positive for COVID-19 and were sheltered were guests at the Union Rescue Mission. And I do, again, want to thank Andy and his entire team for helping us uh, make sure that we could appropriately isolate and quarantine both staff and guests who were either staying and or working at the shelter. We are conducting uh, investigations at 15 different shelters, uh, and here we are identifying guests and staff that need testing, isolation, and quarantine. I also want to report information on 106 uh, pregnant women uh, who have tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, 27 of the women uh, who tested positive for COVID-19 completed their pregnancies, and it resulted in 26 live births. Uh, our hearts go out to the family that did lose uh, one of uh, that did uh, lose uh, a baby uh, from uh, their pregnancy. The 22 infants who were tested at birth were all negative for COVID-19. And again, uh, we don't have signs that uh, pregnant women are trans, uh, transmitting the infection uh, to their newborns at this point in time in L.A. County. Uh, we do want to welcome all these new uh, uh, L.A. County residents uh, to our community. Uh, we're very happy that you're here. Uh, 4,880 people who tested positive for COVID-19 have at some point in time during their illness been hospitalized, and this is about 21% of all of our positive cases. Today, there's 1,959 people who are hospitalized. 27% uh, of these people are in the ICU, and 17% of these people are on ventilators. When we started the month of April, we started with about 900 people in the hospital, uh, and we're ending the month uh, with almost 2,000 people hospitalized uh, for diseases and illnesses related to COVID-19. We're also currently investigating 316 institutional settings with at least one suspect or confirmed case of COVID-19. 
These are both residential and non-residential settings. The residential settings include nursing homes, assisted living facilities, shelters, treatment centers, supportive living, and correctional facilities. The non-residential settings include workplaces, food and retail, and educational settings. The total number of confirmed cases in institutional settings is 5,658, and that includes both staff and residents and or workers. Uh, 3,530 of these confirmed cases are among residents, and 2,128 are among staff. And I'm really sad to report that 564 people who are living in institutional settings have died from COVID-19, and this now represents 48% of all of our deaths. Uh, the unfortunate piece here is that the vast majority of these people who passed away in institutional settings did reside in our uh, skilled nursing facilities. Uh, we continue to work hard uh, with our partners at the Department of Health Services. I want to thank Dr. Christina Galley and her team to make sure that we're able to test all of the staff and the residents at any facilities uh, where there are outbreaks. Um, this is so important for us to be able to make sure that we identify those people who are positive so they can be isolated and those people who are close contacts so they can be quarantined. And I want to note that it's take, it takes a while for us to get um, uh, the testing done in all of the facilities. Uh, we will be testing, you know, close to uh, 25,000 people. Um, so, uh, you know, bear with us. Uh, you know, nursing home uh, managers, uh, you do know where to find us. You've been in touch with our teams. And we're going to work as closely with you uh, as we possibly can to expedite the testing process in your facilities. I do want to thank those nursing homes that have been aggressive in uh, having their staff help collect the specimens so that we can move quickly uh, across all of the facilities. I'm also reporting 228 confirmed cases that have occurred at some point in time in our jail facilities. 144 were among people who were incarcerated, are incarcerated, and 84 are among staff. The sheriff's office is reporting uh, that today in their facilities there are 90 people who are incarcerated who have tested positive for COVID-19. There are 54 people who are incarcerated that have recovered there are 180 people who are incarcerated that are in isolation and 3,259 people who are incarcerated are quarantined. There's also uh, 124 cases in our state prison. 93 are among people who are incarcerated and 31 are among staff. And there's 526 cases in the federal prison facilities. 520 are among people who are incarcerated and six among staff. And as a reminder, the majority of uh, the folks in the federal prison facilities that are positive are those at Terminal Island where everybody was tested. Uh, there's also still remains 12 staff that work in our juvenile facilities uh, that have uh, tested positive. I'm sad to report that three additional people who were incarcerated at the Terminal Island Federal Correction Institution have passed away from COVID-19. And this now means that there are a total of five people who were incarcerated at this facility who unfortunately have lost their lives to COVID-19. We do post daily information by facility that includes the number of positive and suspect cases, as well as the number of people who have died among residents and staff. And you can see an updated 
report on all of L.A. County's cases on the Department of Public Health's website at publichealth.lacounty.gov. The L.A. County Sheriff's Department is reporting 74 positive cases among staff, 234 staff that are now quarantined, and 928 staff uh, that have returned to work. And the L.A. County Fire Department will be posting their numbers on their website uh, later on this afternoon. Thank you so much to uh, Sheriff Villanueva and Chief Osby for sharing this data every day. Uh, One 152,221 people in the county of L.A. have now been tested, and their results have been reported to the L.A. County Department of Public Health. 14% of the people who have been tested to date have been positive. And as a reminder, there are appointments that are available at the regional testing sites. Uh, So you can find a testing site near you, and you can go ahead and make an appointment online at covid 19 .lacounty.gov slash testing. Throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, because this is a new virus, uh, every so often I have come forward uh, to tell you uh, that there's some new guidance um, that's changed uh, as our understanding has evolved. Uh, And I'm I'm here to uh, tell you about the latest change Uh, that uh, is being made to our guidance. Uh, This week, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention updated their guidance on how long people who are positive for COVID-19 should self-isolate. And the new guidance directs people who are positive for COVID-19 or whose uh, physician tells them that they are uh, positive for COVID-19 to self-isolate for 10 days and 72 hours after fever and symptoms subside. Uh, The reason for the change is because there's new evidence that suggests that the virus may shed for a longer period of time, which means that a person may be able to infect other people for a longer period of time than was initially thought uh, when we had the guidance that people needed to self-isolate for seven days uh, plus 72 hours after fever and symptoms subsided. So as a reminder, if you now test positive for COVID-19 or you've been told by your provider that you're likely to be positive for the virus, you do need to immediately self-isolate. And this means staying home and staying away from all other people and pets as much as possible all of the time. Please do not prepare or serve meals for your family. Or please, uh, and, and please don't share utensils, cups, or food with others. If you're a caregiver, it would be important for you to try to find someone else in your family to perform daily activities that have you in close contact with others. And if possible, you need to stay in a room by yourself, and whenever possible, use your own bathroom or clean the bathroom immediately after you use it. Uh, If you uh, are asymptomatic and test positive, you have no symptoms, you still need to isolate for the full 10 days. Um, And we ask that you please abide uh, by our directive uh, to isolate. I know it's hard when you're feeling fine, uh, but if you're positive, uh, you're able to shed virus. Um, So we ask that you you please adhere uh, to these directives. If you're positive or a a provider has told you you're likely to be positive, uh, we also ask that you inform anybody that you had close contact with 
uh, within 48 hours before you developed any symptoms or you were tested, because these are the people who now need to self-quarantine. And a close contact is anyone who you were within six feet of for more than 10 minutes. If you're a close contact of someone who's positive or presumed to be positive, if I'm, for example, positive and I call you and I tell you you're one of my close contacts, you do need to now quarantine. And that means you, too, need to stay home and stay away from other people as much as is possible uh, for at least 14 days. During the 14 days you're quarantining, you should monitor yourself every single day for symptoms of illness, including taking your temperature twice a day to see if you're running a fever. And if you find yourself with symptoms, please call your health care provider for guidance on, uh, on how to best take care of yourself. Uh, yesterday, I also mentioned that the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention expanded their list of symptoms that people may be experiencing uh, when they're positive for COVID-19. So again, if you're quarantining, there's now a much longer list, and it includes cough, shortness of breath, and fever, which have always been symptoms uh, that have been associated with COVID-19. But now it also includes chills, repeated shaking with chills, muscle pain, headache, sore throat, and a new loss of taste or smell. We want to be sure that everyone can be on the lookout for these signs and symptoms and to call your provider uh, when you develop symptoms, particularly if you're a person with underlying uh, health conditions. Um, I also want to note, if you're asymptomatic and you are being tested, you need to do what we ask everyone to do who's being tested who is symptomatic, you need to also stay home, isolate yourself until you get those test results. We are assuming you're getting testing tested because you think you may be positive. And if you think you may be positive, you need to stay away from other people until you get a test result that says something different, like you're negative. Um, I do also want to remind everyone as, as we go into the weekend that L.A. County continues to be under the safer at home orders. And while we're planning for recovery, uh, there will still need to be health officer orders in our new normal and directives that help us uh, make sure that we're opening slowly and carefully so that we avoid any huge outbreaks and overwhelming our health care system. The conditions we faced in February and March and April haven't changed significantly. We still have a new virus that is easily spread among people who are in close contact with each other. 95% of us have still not been infected. And until there's a vaccine, most residents in LA County can be infected at any time over the months to come. Recovery will help us get people back to work, but without taking extraordinary measures to reduce our exposures to people who are infected and to keep our distance as much as possible, we could easily see a big spike in new cases. And we need to all do our part to make sure we avoid this situation. So as I mentioned yesterday, we'll need to take actions to prevent the spread of the virus for the foreseeable future. This means continuing to practice physical distancing and all other infection control measures. I hope you bear with us as we map a path forward that allows us to appropriately acknowledge the very real risks of COVID-19 and together to do everything possible 
to continue to slow the spread and save lives. And please continue to enjoy our beautiful weather by taking a walk or sitting in a yard, but do this by yourself or with the people from your household. Keep connecting to the people in your lives from afar through all of the amazing technology we have that allows us to see and hear each other from a distance. And check in on people. Feeling connected is an important part of all of our wellness, and it helps the people you're connecting with, and it helps you as well. And many of us are experiencing a lot of stress, and we're feeling overwhelmed right now because this is an extraordinarily difficult time for so many. But you don't need to be alone. And as Supervisor Barger mentioned, if you're feeling overwhelmed or stressed and you need to talk to someone, you can call the L.A. County Department of Mental Health Access Center 24-7 helpline at 800-854-7771. I continue to be touched every day by how hard we're all working together to slow the spread of COVID-19 and to be there for one another through the pandemic. These are remarkable times, and L.A. County residents have risen to the challenges of these times. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for all you are doing. And now we're ready for questions. Ladies and gentlemen, if you wish to ask a question, please press 1, then 0 on your phone. If you are using a speakerphone, please pick up the handset before pressing the numbers. Once again, if you have a question, that is 1, then 0. And we have a question coming from the line of Claudia Prosciutto for KNX News Radio. Please go ahead. Hey, Claudia. Good afternoon. Um, when Hi. When, uh, Barbara, you spoke about uh, testing about 25,000 people, is that just at the skilled nursing facilities, uh, or does that include some other institutional settings? And uh, I'm just wondering, is are there any testing, like, testing availability issues involved in getting this done or is it just a matter of getting into each facility and arranging the testing and then uh with governor newsom talking about loosening restrictions uh over the next week well that wasn't us that was them their whole i don't know why they keep having technical problems they went a good few days without any technical problems. all right it looks like we uh, lost our connection an issue on logistics again i want to thank dr galley and her team who've made it possible for us to actually have the kits is uh, so uh, making sure that we're testing that's needed. Um, and I do, you know, we do work very closely with the state uh, on uh, all of the guidance and all of the directives. Uh, and we uh, try to always uh, be able to uh, look at sort of what makes sense uh, for our county uh, based on uh, what we hear about conditions across the rest of the state. Um, so, you know, we're, we, we always have said May 15th, it, it's not a, it's not a, a magic date. Uh, if there were conditions that made it uh, possible for us to um, do some things earlier, uh, we would absolutely look at that. But, you know, here in the county, thanks to the, you know, really spectacular leadership of our board, uh, we have moved uh, in concert with the science uh, and the data uh, that we see here in our county. Um, so I'm confident that uh, that will continue to be sort of the guiding post for this county as we, of course, take into consideration uh, the governor's directives for the whole state. Uh, we'll take the next question. Next question comes from the line of Dave Lopez with Channel 2 News. Please go ahead. Yes, good afternoon. Uh, three real quick questions, if I may. Doctor, if, if I heard the numbers right of the new cases, 
Most of them come from Pasadena and Long Beach. Uh, is, is that a pattern that we should expect? Is that the hot spots? Also, can you expand a little more on the report that was in the uh, newspaper today about uh, the number of deaths uh, based on national averages may be very understated throughout different counties? And my last point, you're probably well aware of what's going on at City Hall in Huntington Beach. Uh, perhaps the supervisor can weigh in on this. Are people just now getting a little too fed up? Are they just they're, they're, they're at their wit's end? And how much will this set us back? Well, I'll answer that question first, and I'll let Dr. Ferrer. Um, unfortunately, if they were practicing social distancing and wearing masks and not um, conducting themselves this way right now, um, I'm sure that, that there'd be a lot more sympathy. But when I saw, before I came down here, the crowds um, that are not wearing masks, that are um, literally on top of each other um, protesting, it doesn't further their cause. And it actually, um, to me, uh, makes the argument that the governor was making, and that is that when you don't social distance and you don't practice safe social distancing, um, you are contributing to the spread of this virus, and it's going to take us a lot longer. So I would ask those protesters, I think everyone, ha I know everyone has a right to protest, but do it in a responsible way, um, because your credibility is on the line as well, uh, and you have a voice, um, but use it properly. And so then with that, I'll let Dr. Farrar talk. Uh, thanks, Dave, uh, for the question about Pasadena and Long Beach, because I, I realize now that the, the way I'm reporting uh, is creating a confusion. The numbers I give for Pasadena and Long Beach are the total numbers of cases since uh, the beginning of the pandemic. They're not the cases uh, that appear every single day. If you go to our website, you can see new cases being reported both for Pasadena and Long Beach, as well as the new cases uh, here in L.A., in the rest of L.A. County. And I want to assure you that the vast majority of new cases are, in fact, in the rest of uh, L.A. County. There's just small numbers of new cases every day in Pasadena and Long Beach. But well, the number that I, that bigger number that I report is the total number of cases that have occurred over many, many months uh, in the jurisdictions of Pasadena and Long Beach. And uh, in terms of the question about are we all sort of understating the number of people who may have passed away from COVID-19, um, this, this is a really good question um, because it's being asked of all of us uh, across the entire country and really across the entire world uh, as we're finding out more about the virus, also the fact that the virus may have been with us earlier on. Um, and the fact that some people uh, may have underlying health conditions uh, who are, have not gotten tested and then pass away and assumptions were made that they probably died from one of their underlying health conditions without them ever getting tested. I do want to say for the 10 percent of the cases that uh, uh, that do go to the coroner's office um, uh, on patients who have passed away, uh, the coroner has been paying a very, very, uh, you know, excellent attention to this issue. I want to really thank Dr. Lucas and his staff who have been doing their utmost to take any questionable deaths and actually uh, at postmortemly uh, do a test for COVID-19. It doesn't mean that uh, we haven't missed cases, though. And um, I think as we learn more about this virus, we may be able to, uh, you know, really just estimate what percent of cases 
we think we all have missed over the longer periods of time. I do want to note one thing uh, that's different uh, here in L.A. County compared to some of the other areas of this country and others is uh, we're, we're very careful uh, to um, look at people who may have died at home by themselves and really try to assess whether or not those are people who may need to be tested. And we're also trying our best, um, and I thank you for, for all your help getting the word out, that for people who are sick at home and have underlying health conditions, we ask that they please call their health care providers immediately uh, so that they are not in a situation uh, where they are passing away at home uh, without getting support from the amazing uh, health care professionals that are here to help them. Uh, but thanks a lot for your questions. And we'll go on to the next question. Next question comes in the line of Melanie Mason with LA Times. Please go ahead. Uh, I have two questions for Dr. Ferrer. Uh, the first is with regards to um, testing supply. Yesterday, Dr. Galley said that testing supply remains constrained. Can you give more detail about what is causing this uh, constraint on testing and what's the current status of the county's testing supply? Um, and for on an entirely different note, um, as you know, there's a push by some Los Angeles communities to close streets to traffic to create more space for pedestrians. Uh, we asked Mayor Garcetti about why the city isn't closing down the streets, and he specifically mentioned you by name, saying that you don't support these uh, programs. Is that accurate, and if so, why? Hi, this is Christina Galli. I'll take the first question and then I'll turn it over to Dr. Ferrer for the second. So on the test kit supplies, uh, the supply chain is, is improving. I would say it's improving day by day and week by week. And I imagine that we'll be in a very different place a week or two from now, which with much more liberated test capacity. Uh, as I mentioned yesterday, we are prioritizing right now the ability to roll out the test capacity that we have uh, in stock now in those institutional settings and those high risk settings and amongst symptomatic individuals that are in the governor's tier one for prioritization. The major constraint right now uh, really is on still the swabs, the swab kits. Uh, they, it also is improving. Uh, I would say it is continuing to get better day by day. There's also uh, a lot of studies that are ongoing about different swab options, whether it's greater use of the nasal swab, where there's uh, enhanced availability of that particular piece of equipment or supply. Uh, but at the same time, there has been some concerns about the sensitivity of the nasal collection route uh, and really being able to yield a good test result. So there's uh, many studies that are going on on that subject right now. We're doing our own validation of different options that are using the nasal swab. Uh, and if that proves a viable option, it will also help us expand out the test capacity in the coming weeks. Thanks so much for the for the question on on the closing of streets and um, you know I did talk with the mayor a couple of weeks ago about um, you know the the wonderful ideas that people are having about how to safely be able to get outside keep their distance from other people uh, and be able to either ride their bikes or walk and and I want to really thank uh, all of our residents who are putting forward these excellent ideas uh, we're not against uh, any of these ideas that are that have come forward 
what we suggested, and, and I still think it's a good idea, is that we put them in the context of, of the reopening of, uh, of various opportunities for people to actually be outside more, and that uh, it made more sense to us that we do this across the county uh, in a unified way uh, with good guidance from us, and that it would include, you know, sort of how would we manage reopening of our trails uh, in some of our parks, making sure that people feel like they can appropriately use the park. So I don't want anybody to misread uh, that we are against uh, these ideas. Uh, we're absolutely not. We just want to do it in a thoughtful way. Uh, it would, you know, we want it to be able to apply across the county. Um, and that means, you know, getting our guidance ready and also, you know, putting it forward uh, in sort of the, the recovery roadmap around how we relax and relax sensibly and safely across the county. But appreciate uh, all of the residents who have suggested that, you know, this might be a good time for us to think about using our streetways uh, in a different, in a different matter. Uh, we'll take the next question. The question comes from Haley Mangua with LA Daily News. Go ahead. Hi. Uh, yeah, my question is about um, the new cases in Terminal Island. Um, there has also been a surge of cases in the past few days uh, reported in San Pedro, and so I just um, wanted some clarification on whether that's because of new cases in Terminal Island or is it a separate? Is it separate? Yeah. My understanding uh, from the, the information we've gotten about the investigations is that they're different. Uh, but I would actually say for the federal prisons, it makes much more sense to um, talk to the administrators of, of that system. You know, we're here to support them. Uh, we've helped them, you know, obviously make sure they can get their testing kits and that their protocols are appropriate. Uh, but they are doing a great job and uh, have very skilled professionals that are working with them on managing their outbreaks uh, and managing to, in fact, test a lot of people. But as far as we know, uh, we haven't heard that there's a relationship uh, between the two sites. So, And we have time for one more question. And the last question comes from Louisa Marshall with NBC4. Hey, no, Steve Gregory, KFI News. Yeah, hi. I have a couple questions for Dr. Ferrer. Uh, we learned that 16 or more employees at a Ralph in Hollywood have tested positive for coronavirus. So I'm wondering what the county is doing to make sure that supermarkets are following safety guidelines. And then additionally, we've heard from markets, including Ralph, that there have been cases of five outbreaks among grocery store workers at a single site. So why are you only posting locations with six or more confirmed cases on the county public health website? Thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot. Um, first, let me just correct uh, what we are posting. It's really five or more cases at work sites. Uh, and that's often because there are people who... Uh, may in fact be workers in a particular place who had their exposure uh, somewhere else at home and really not only, I mean, they may be positive, but they really had no exposures to other people in the workplace. So we do treat work sites uh, somewhat differently from institutional settings uh, where people are, are really living together uh, in a congregate situation uh, where there's a lot of close contact. Um, we're investigating the reports on Ralph's, and you'll, we'll need to wait until our team 
finishes that investigation in order to be able to ascertain uh, what actually is, is happening there. I do want to remind everybody, uh, both uh, employees who are working in essential services and also customers of, of, of uh, you know, essential services, uh, there, are, there, there are directives on what needs to happen uh, to ensure both worker and customer safety. Uh, they're in our health officer order. Uh, which is posted on our website, uh, and everyone has to abide by those. And if, if folks, uh, either a worker or a customer, feels like there are violations, we do have a, a phone number. Uh, I don't have it on me at the moment, but we're, we'll try to get it. Um, and we have a, you can go to our website, and people can call in those complaints. And we do send out our environmental health inspectors to make sure that uh, all the essential businesses are adhering to the health officer order directives. But So I appreciate that question because uh, I think it's so important that people know, like, there is an order out there, and it spells out exactly what needs to happen to keep uh, workers and customers as safe as possible. And we do want to hear... Uh, if there are violations, and we will send out inspectors uh, to do an investigation. And now we're going to turn to uh, remarks in Spanish uh, from Jackie. All right, that's today's update. Dr. Barbara Ferrer there with the latest on uh, coronavirus in Los Angeles County. The big announcements that uh, daily deaths have been uh, have gone up, 62 daily deaths, um, and bringing our total in Los Angeles County to 1,172 there were 6,000 additional tests that were done throughout L.A. County, or I should say reported, and uh, the number of total positive cases that came in today jumped up quite a bit to 1,065. Yesterday was at 733, still well below the uh, the peak that we saw a couple of weeks ago, a week and a half ago or so. But as of right now, they have 152,000 tests, and she says continuing the trend of those people who have at most of the test results that we're getting now are those people who had symptoms, qualified, had talked to their doctors, had gone through the telemedicine, whatever it was, that even of all of those 152,000 people who had tested, only 14% tested positive for COVID-19. While she was talking, the FDA announced it is granting emergency authorization to remdesivir. So healthcare providers will be able to administer the drug intravenously to treat COVID-19 in adults and children hospitalized with this. Okay, uh, a couple things to get into the weekend with. Number one, it might be a little fresh, but I do have a um, I do have a soundbite that proves that even Dr. Barbara Ferrer is starting to feel the pressure from all of this. Also, can we play the swingers party bust? <laughs> I really feel like it's a good Friday nugget of joy. Just a way to end. uh, Yeah. Good news to end the weekend. Uh, The governor, by the way, is responding to the lawsuit filed by Orange County communities. I'll tell you what he said. Gary and Shannon will continue. Just a moment. KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, if you did not file a tax return last year and have kids under 17, you must act now to get the $500 economic impact payment per child. I know a lot of people could use this money right now. Make sure to get it done by Tuesday, May 5th to get your payment in 2020. Go to irs.gov and enter your information in the non-filer tool by Tuesday, May 5th. Not a great day in Wall Street. The Dow is down 622 points. That's down uh, 
2.5% or so. S&P 500 was down about 3. NASDAQ also down about 3. wanted to point this out just because I think Dr. Barbara Ferrer is getting tired. Uh, she was talking about the number of pregnant women who had tested positive for COVID-19 but then have completed their pregnancies, I think is the way she said it. Okay. As opposed to like the, the baby, baby came, came out. out. And then the 22 infants who were tested at birth were all negative for good. COVID-19. And That's again, good. Uh, we don't have signs that uh, pregnant women are trans uh, transmitting the infection uh, to their newborns at this point in time in L.A. County. Excellent news. Uh, we do want to welcome all these new uh, uh, L.A. County residents uh, to our community. What? Uh, we're very happy that you're here. <laughs> she literally said that to babies. We're what, we're, what about the babies that came into L.A. County that didn't uh, that were not coronavirus uh, experiencing coronavirus situation situations? What about those babies? They don't get an L.A. County welcome. Ugh, I don't, I we're all losing it. Want to thank. Uh, we do want to welcome all these new uh, uh, L.A. County residents uh, to our community. <laughs> That's. Uh, we're very happy Listen, that you're here. That's from oh, the Lord. same. That's from the same mentality of I see you and I need and I you, acknowledge and you, I love you, and I need you now, and I love you. That's the same mentality. Are um, we going to have a Chuck Connors Monday? Did you hear about the Swingers Club in Chicago? Did I? Listen, there's nobody in Chicago that I want to swing with at all. Really? You haven't been to Chicago. I've been to Chicago. You haven't seen anyone in Chicago you want to swing with? Nope. It's a Saturday night in early March and Markham's swinger scene is rocking. Oops, excuse me, sir. At least until the cops came calling. <gasps> and ah! this is a resident. Police were there to break up a party. Get out of the house. But not everyone was going quietly. It's time to go, go or you will be arrested. You can stay all night. This is a slumber party. <laughs> slumber party? For what? What is the charge? <laughs> and with that, the party was over. I've got to get my car keys. What law are you asking me for? What law is he broken? As police showed guests to the door. Why are you in handcuffs? Ask him what the constitutional what? right is. The real fight had Wait, only what? just begun. Ask you know, there's nothing wrong with right what is. we do. Everybody enjoys themselves here. And I don't know what the Dude. problem Markham has with us. Tim Gary was owner of Couples Choice, an adult swingers club <laughs> that had been open for 32 years God. until Markham's... Holy it's, crap. Change the carpets. 32 years this I mean, place has been open? it needs new paint. There, there's one image of an old bed with a mirror and weird handcuffs tied to it. Which one? Is that the one with the, like, leopard yes. print bed sheet? Yes. Deborah's in there, right? Hi, Deborah. Deborah, hey, here's do you a funny have a question. leopard print sheets? I, I know you're a fan of animal prints, Carol Baskin. Is there any place that you know of that I could buy an entire bed set? Deborah F. and Mark. Set? What, that has leopard print on it. Oh, wait, I'm still, I'm still back to who you, you called me, Carol. Who did? <laughs> did you call me Carol Baskin? He this did. guy, he I would did. never. Yes, I have to put up with him for four. Oh hours my god, how do you do that? I don't know. Okay, you want what do you want in leopard print? A whole sheet. A full. Yes, actually, I, do, I do have some suggestions. Uh, Tell us me. more. No, no, I don't want to hear anymore. Why? Because you asked I'm, me the question. I know, but I'm terrified. I didn't think it was a reality. I thought those <laughs> were like 
couture or something. You may like oh, no. shut it down due to alleged ordinance violations. It's illegal in the city of Markham, and we're not having it. Our cameras were rolling last January when Tim confronted the mayor outside the club. So what's the verdict? Are we a problem here or no? No, I don't do verdict. I understand. Gary says there's no more couple's choice now. The club, or the business, is closed. But the parties live on. You argue this is a private house. It is a private house. It's a house with a dance floor and 18 bedrooms. Yes, sir. One of them belongs to Gary's son, Cameron. Open this door. Wait a minute. It, home. it what? is my house. My room is right there. At this property, they host swingers parties, which they say are legal. Because remember, they don't say it's a business. It's a home and therefore a house party. And that's your argument for why you don't need a business license? Who's the reporter doing this story? You and your son ever kick around the idea of leopard print sheets? And this isn't a business. This is my house. It's a slumber party. Party at my house. I need my car keys. Markham's police chief has heard their (laughs) argument, but he's not buying it. No reasonable person would believe that that's a residence. You got a pole for pole dancing. It's outfitted with multiple beds. Do you look at these people? There's none of them that are getting on a pole. Packed with cars. Police ultimately arrested Cameron and Tim Gary. The charges include an unlawful business. Like what reporter puts that in? Harassment. This is the Markham Police Department enforcing our local. This is not small market TV. Chicago. Party guests confronted police officers outside the property. Can I have your name and badge number, please? We need your name and badge number. Who are you? The confrontation continued after police blocked the door. Close down. Do your job for a change. I've got to get my car keys. Officers eventually went inside where they arrested Tim Gary and cleared the property of guests. We're not doing this on somebody's front lawn. Including Jay Williams. You know, we're not doing it in, in, in the middle of the street. We're doing it behind closed doors in a private setting. I've got to get my Despite how this pre-pandemic <laughs> night ended, Tim says their fight to open is not over. We're going to throw a party again. Let them try to stop us now. <laughs> I've got to get my car keys. That is fantastic. Hey, uh, it reminded me of the arrest of... Uh... Of that man. Charles Doza. Yeah. Perhaps you've heard of him. What is the charge? Eating a meal? A, a succulent, succulent Chinese, Chinese meal. I've got to get my car keys. <laughs> All right. That uh, whole thing is up on our Twitter account. If you want to go to uh, Twitter, at Gary and Shannon, you can see that whole thing up there. Also, today, 5 o'clock, just a few hours from now, we're going to be doing our virtual happy hour on which, Instagram Live. We are so uninteresting. I don't know why we do this. Who wants to see this? Listen, the the best part is we will answer questions. I mean, for the most part, people ask us questions and we'll answer them. But what else do you want to know? I mean, we yeah, I don't know. At Gary and Shannon on Instagram. I just see at so five, many people at going. At KFI AM 640. I just see so many Instagram. people doing Instagram live, uh, like all the celebrities, where they're just wildly uninteresting. And you just roll your eyes. And they're famous people. Hey, how about you pick a spot with good Wi-Fi this time? Listen, I don't. I guess I don't have good Wi-Fi. I'm certainly not going to call the Wi-Fi provider and say, charge me more for better Wi-Fi yeah. for my Instagram live my video. My Instagram live video once a week is yeah. really suffering so as a result of you. that's not going to happen. I've got to get my car keys. Anyway, that's at 5 o'clock today. We'll be doing our Instagram live <laughs> at Gary and Shannon. the best stuff when they're getting arrested. Like, they're trying to come up with anything to not be arrested. I didn't mean to take the Mickey Mouse hat. <laughs>
It was a keychain. Oh, whatever. These are not my pants. <laughs> or whatever you say. All right, John and Ken Show coming up next. We'll see you Monday. Stay dry, everybody. My blessings. Tune in next week for the hilarious funeral episode on Gary and Shannon. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard. This summer, we'll be traveling at an altitude of approximately two feet in a brand new Nissan. We invite you to enjoy the available panoramic views, premium seats in all rows, and connected tech while avoiding baggage fees, layovers, and neck pillows. So fasten your seatbelts and enjoy nonstop routes to summer because the best way to travel this season is in a new Nissan. And now is the best time to buy at the Nissan 4th of July sales event. Save up to 3500 on the 2020 Nissan Rogue or get 0% APR financing on 13 models. Nissan, innovation that excites. For well-qualified buyers, 3500 on 2020 Rogue consists of 3000 cash back and 500 bonus cash. Available on purchase. Must purchase from new dealer stock. See dealer for financing details. Call 1-888-858-8319 for offer and safety information details. Offers in 76 2020